Welcome to Light Up the Sky, episode five, where we continue our journey through the history of one of the greatest bands in the world, Van Halen. Uh, Light Up the Sky is on a multi-generational journey through this band, and we're uh, still in the peak of them. We're still, they're churning out albums every year, and uh, we're on Diver Down now, and uh, this is um, you know, I, I got the opening thoughts section this time and, you know, I'll, I'll say that this album was really interesting, um, in that there weren't as many covers as I originally thought on this album. I, I kind of always thought that it was a cover album, didn't really pay a lot of attention to this album, probably because it's the, um, you know, the, 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 the album that, you know, the, the penultimate album to the final Dave album, which is one of the greatest albums of the group. And, uh, Diver Down was kind of that album that I would leap over at all times. and. Um, I was, uh, pleased by the effort, I would say, um, you know, if I'm going to consider, if I'm, I'm going to weight this album on a, um, with a consideration that I knew that they were doing this to make some money, pay back some, uh, record label bills or whatever. And, uh, they needed something that would kind of reverse the trend. If, if, uh, you listen to our last episodes, we've uh, gone through four albums to this point and, each one sold less and less and less. And, you know, I don't think Van Halen was dying musically, but um, I mean, it, w- it wouldn't really be a surprise for a group of the era just to put out four pretty decent albums and then kind of fade away. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking like Guns N' Roses had such a debut and, and you know, by album, you know, if you count the Use Your Illusion as one or two, I mean, they'd be done. And they put out a covers album just like Van Halen, too. And that was kind of it. Um, but that's not what Van Halen went with this. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll i start off with my opening thought just being that, uh, you know, I was pleasantly surprised by the effort that was clearly just a cash grab for the band. So uh, next up, give me uh, your thoughts, Alex. What do you think? What's your what's your starting point, your opening argument for Diver Down? Sure. Yeah, I. I've always been a big supporter of this record. I know I've, I've talked to Kev uh, just in the past how much I love this record, and I know it's a lot of people's least favorite because there's so little original material on the record. It's, what, I don't know, like 80 90% covers. But just, I, I remember everything from the album cover, which is going to sound really probably weird to a lot of people because the album covers may be the simplest thing that they've done up until this point. I mean, it's literally just the the, the scuba diver down flag with their name and album t- title on it. But me personally, I'm such a fan of simple album covers like that. And just something about the red and the white, it really kind of struck me. And it's it sort of in a way, it's almost synonymous with the songs, like I tie them in together. And I think a big reason why I like this record so much is because uh, the big concert that Van Halen did on this tour would have been uh, the Us Festival, the 1983 Us Festival gig. And that, that's, you know, a pretty popular one that you can find on YouTube. And it, and it would have been you know 1983 right around this tour and they played a lot of those songs and just you know the outfits they were wearing you know with eddie in the full you know striped jumpsuit and them playing a lot of those songs it it, it just kind of goes right? wasn't he shirtless well, in that this outfit? I, he might have been at some point <laughs> I, i'm sure one of the guys were but yeah i just it's a very summery record i think that's how i used to describe it to kev it's like a very summery record i know like van halen 2 is also like that we were mentioning it's kind of like a getting your convertible and drive down to the beach but this one i just always equated this album with the summer i would put it on it was like the the most kind of bright summery feel-good record that they had for me 
And I just, I think they, they turned a lot of those cover songs that they do so well into their own. And I'm sure a lot of these, for a lot of people, maybe you didn't know they were covers just because Eddie found a way to play the riff on guitar. Like, for example, like Dancing in the Street, like that could easily be a Van Halen song. So this has always been way up there for me. Um, maybe outside of fair warning, this might be my favorite era of the band, which is crazy to say. But <laughs> there, there, I, I just, everything about like the vibe at this, this time, like, I don't know. There's a lot of full concerts like them down in like South America and like the famous Largo show in Maryland was really cool to watch. So it seems like this was like a documented era. So maybe that's why it's like, oh, if you're going to see any like really good live footage, it would be of this tour. So it kind of helps those songs stand out. So that's that's where I stand on it. That is one confident opening argument for this album. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! I mean, uh, to, to say that it's your favorite of the era—that's that's really interesting. No, uh, Kevin, no, 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 no. Oh. Sorry, let me rephrase it. Outside of fair warning, outside of okay. fair warning. All right, all right. Yeah, this this is up. I, I really I love this era. Just something about this year was really cool for them. So I will say I love that album cover too. I know we we don't really talk much about these, um, but I mean, it just looks almost punkish. You know, just like a mm-hmm. uh, very simple. You know, kind of almost looks like it could be uh, from another band of a right. earlier area, maybe. So, so Kevin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, this is one that, you know, earlier going through the back catalog, didn't touch it too much. You know, the songs didn't appeal to me. And it was Alex who, who kind of slowly, very slowly got me into this record. Now, not not a ton. You know, I, I was definitely not a believer because when he, he was saying some of those things a couple of years ago to me that he just made in his opening argument, I'd be like, come on, you know, what are you on right now? <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> some good no dope. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, I think it's just one or two songs at a time I started appreciating this album. Mm-hmm. And, and it's still definitely not my favorite but i definitely appreciate it way more than i used to and i think he slowly started to turn the tide on this album for me uh especially the whole light and summer vibe that he kept talking about because i was listening to this again and i feel like it's their lightest album since the debut and Mm -hmm. i I don't know why it's just something maybe they captured that fun again on this album and i think that's almost intoxicating in a way so it's it's another one of those rising albums for me Mm -hmm. um you know it's got some low spots sure but i just i find more to appreciate it every time (laughs) and and yeah i do i do like that that album art you know it's too bad that we're all kind of locked down in a sense here because i really actually wanted to go out to a record store and grab this album to throw it on because i don't have this particular one but yeah i'm not sure why why i'd be doing it yeah tell me why van halen isn't essential shopping uh for a covid lockdown (laughs) 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 not to uh, cut anybody off here but i'm gonna be brief i'm just this is like the first time that i'm really looking at the insert with all the pictures because i don't have the insert for fair warning but i'm lucky enough to have the insert for this and just like look at how iconic that photo is (laughs) you you think what are those like carrera carrera glasses that alex is wearing it just it's like so perfect so i don't know you know what's interesting too i'll throw another thought about this is that um you know, at the end of the show, we take a uh, a thirty second snippet of the album, and we we vote on what is the most iconic 
30 second snippet. And, um, you know, in, in this album, I, I think it's, it's more of a, you know, there aren't very many high points, there aren't very many low points. Um, you know, it, it is a little bit more, um, I hate to call it milk toast, but it is definitely a little bit, uh, um, of a less of a dynamic record than in, in past Chris, your thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, after kind of digging a little bit deeper into it, I do like it a little bit more, um, than I have in the past. Again, it was always a record of moments for me. Uh, cause again, there's a lot of kind of quirky little short things on here where it's just, uh, uh, almost kind of like a tool record where you've got the songs and then you've got these little thrown in kind of things that really you probably could have done without it, but, <laughs> uh, but they're there. Um, yeah, it's very competently made, very professionally made. It's not like your typical kind of B sides and odds and sods record where it's just kind of like, Oh, here's just a rough, I mean, these are all very well recorded. Well, constructed, even on the covers, the re, uh, the reinterpretations are very, uh, are very competently held. Uh, that's kudos to Eddie uh, for yeah, for making uh, good out of a kind of a complicated situation. Um, and I don't know if this was whether it was the record label or whatever. If this was just a, a, a reaction to because I think it was pretty much you no know, as awesome as Fair Warning was. I mean, it was probably the darkest uh, kind of non commercial record they made. I mean, it was like almost yeah, like a kind of like a like a deep cut Metallica record. Uh, not 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 a radio record, but uh, a lot more original i think maybe they maybe this was more okay let's kind of pull us back into the charts a little bit more because i think it did sell two or three million more copies than uh fair warning did it did uh yeah, yeah so uh but uh yeah it's funny it's uh again yeah it's kind of the, the like the ugly stepchild of the early van halen but it uh, there's a lot of there's a lot to love here uh so yeah i, I think it's great um but we'll yeah dig into it more later yeah you guys all have some really interesting thoughts because i can think of on the track by track points i want to make towards each of those opening thoughts and um, it seems like Alex has the highest uh, opinion of this album between the four of us. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. yeah. yeah. I, I would say I'm down on this album. I would say I, I, I'd give it a, you know, I've got a positive direction. Every right. the rest of us all kind of taken in a positive direction with this one. But uh, yeah, Chris, bring us the, uh, bring us the uh, truth or lies here. Let's oh, get uh, okay. some fast facts on this album and, and see who gets an extra buy right. or terminate it. Right. Yeah. A lot of these questions kind of, kind of re- explain the history anyway so it's like so you don't really have to dig deep in giving like a synopsis uh but sure. funny enough since we were talking so much about the album cover I, th- I figured i'd start uh with that more as a question versus a truth or lies what does the album cover represent does anybody know i'm looking at you alex <laughs> yeah no it's just it's the uh it's what the is fla- it? it it well it's the diver down flag so basically when a when a scuba or somebody goes down underneath to explore that flag basically sits on top of the water to like let boats or other people know that there's somebody down there. Okay. How about, okay. How about the rest of you guys? <laughs> yeah, that's well, it. Yeah. Pretty much. I know. That. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, thought, I, I had no idea. I thought that was kind of an interesting little tidbit. Uh, so I'll mm-hmm. give you guys each a point uh, for that one. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So, truth or lies? Uh, where have all the good times gone? Was a cover of a Stones song that they covered going back to the band's club days. Alex, false. Okay, Mark. Uh, that's oh, go, go ahead, um, uh, I just don't see the connection between Van Halen and the Stones. I'm gonna go false. Okay, Kevin. I'm I'm going false as well. Okay, well, you are all right. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how to answer that. Yeah, it's, it was a covers of a Kink song, actually. Uh, it was kind of interesting reading up on their connection to like covering more than one Kink song. That I guess it was some compilation record that Dave had going back to the club days that had 
like 20 or 30 King songs on there. And I guess for whatever reason, they thought that they were great songs to cover in their live sets. So that's why they became so familiar with that. Uh, so I thought that was kind of uh, uh, an interesting uh, little tidbit there. Well, obviously uh, they pushed for an opener there. I, I can right. actually, I can, I can save this for the very end, but I just read up on this, but yeah. apparently there is a Stones connection regarding this record but i won't i won't hijack your section i'll talk about i think i I, I think i know what it is too yeah but i'll let you which i I didn't know about but yeah yeah okay all right uh let's see uh okay another truth or lies dancing in the streets was eddie's least favorite song on the record Ooh. I'm, i'm going with false i didn't hear you you cut out what was that mark goes with false okay Alex? I'm going to say true on that. Okay. Kevin? I'm saying true on that as well. Okay. Well, Kevin and Alex, you are correct. Uh, That was his least uh, favorite. He was the one who pushed more for um, uh, Pretty Woman. That was his choice. And Dave was the one who pushed Dancing in the Street. Uh, I guess Eddie had a problem with how... When he first heard it, he couldn't figure out how to write a riff for the original version, which I think was pretty much a Motown cut. Uh, yeah. and he just didn't Marvin get it, but exactly. Yeah. So funny enough. Yeah. I mean, again, kudos to Eddie for kind of, uh, for kind of figuring it out. Yeah. I thought that would have been, uh, an Eddie, uh, like just for the fact that it uses synth so strongly. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. All right. So we got Alex and Kevin are tied and Mark's behind one. All right. Um, okay. Happy Trails was an original tune written by Dave, continuing his love for more unconventional material on the record. I'm going with false. Same. I'm going to say false. I don't well, I'll just go true. Okay. It's the only way I could catch up. Okay. What are you going, Mark? True. It sounds like a Dave goof off song. Okay. Uh, well, Mark, you are wrong again, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, that Mark's was actually- gonna flush the truth or lies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Producer, and it's gonna be cut next episode. Oh God! Um, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a cover of a uh, like a country uh, song here yeah, by Roy Rogers. So uh, okay, we'll do. Well, we'll try to do one more. Yeah, I've got a few here, and to try to break the. So we got Mark and Al uh, or Kevin and Alex are tied up. Okay, what was mine? Uh, Once again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, uh, Truth or Lies, uh, the album was certified platinum before they even started the tour to promote the album. I'm gonna say true. Okay, Ooh. Alex? I'm gonna say true just because, did you, did you say earlier that this record sold more than Fair Warning did? Uh, correct. That's wild I'm gonna say, to me. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say true because I'm pretty sure that they pushed a sip of, uh, to ship a uh, a million units even before it came out, just so it would automatically go platinum. Okay, all right, uh, yeah, you're all correct on that one. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was actually kind of surprised even before they were put they promoted it. Yeah, that it actually sold a million copies. It's uh, crazy. Okay, man, I'm just trying to break this. Uh, <laughs> 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 we might have to have a duel at the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> whoever's left standing. Okay. Um, all right. Let's see how many more I got. Uh, I wasn't expecting you guys to know so much. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to have uh, a guitar duel. 
who can yeah, right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> best play a riff yeah, we, from this album. Yeah, we, we yeah we should do that. If I exhaust all my questions and it's not a clear cut winner, yeah, we should just do like okay, who can play this one song better than the other? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I was I was actually playing "Hang 'Em High" this morning. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was jamming. I was jamming on that riff this morning. Okay. All right. Um, all right. There's I got one left. Uh, hopefully this kind of breaks the tie. Um, all right, the band, or Truth or Lies, uh, the band considered it was important to put out another album immediately after the Fair Warning tour. Hmm. I'm going to go with false. I wonder if this is a trick question. I, I, I want to say, well, you said album. I don't know if you're looking into it that much. I'm going to say, I'm going to say true, but that might be a trick question. I'm going to okay. say false, because we need to break this tiebreaker anyway. <laughs> okay. let, uh, me get, let me get my reasoning and see if it's right yet. Uh, I okay. believe it was um, either the manager or the record label that wanted to record this album, and the band didn't want to. Uh, correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Kevin, yeah, Kevin broke it. Yeah, you got the, yeah, Alex, uh, you said true. You thought it was true. Well, see, the reason why I, yeah. I was a little, because you said they wanted to put an album out right away, but I read that they were really just looking at putting out a single. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to word it just it to make you think about it. It was a trick yeah. question. Yeah. Oh. That's why, I, that's why I'm like, because I think they just wanted yeah. to put out like a single just to like, yeah. Let people know that they're still relevant, so, and then they can kind of wait on the record. But right, yeah. yeah so so uh, Kevin yeah, Kevin, that. Yeah. Kevin breaks. Uh, yeah, the brothers get it. Uh, okay, good. Thank God I threw that one in there. <laughs> so, so Kevin, you, you, Kevin, you get your extra buyer terminate in that section. And Chris, um, out of the next four albums, this one, 1984, 51 and 50, 5150, and OU812, you can pick which one of those you want to have an extra buyer terminate on. I don't oh. think based on those albums, it's going to be in uh, this one, but. Okay, no, that's fine. But just keep that in uh, yeah. mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, yeah, I'll hold on to it. You know what's interesting, yeah. just uh, as a quick aside through that section, yeah. talking about the Rolling Stones, just isn't it kind of interesting thinking about that era of music to where you could have two globally humongous bands that really just have no relation to each other? You know, as far as I'm aware, they're just aren't very, you know, cross-references or influences. I mean, Van Halen had their set of influences, but you could have a band as big as the Rolling Stones and and, you know, just as things weren't as immediate or, um, you know, without the Internet to spread the no. word, not that they weren't large enough. It's just is kind of interesting how you could have bands like that that really just never crossed paths or never really kind of had that. And maybe Alex will prove us wrong going cool. forward. But uh, oh, yeah, there well, is actually a story. Yeah, I don't know if you want to wait until the uh, yeah, until the end. Uh, yeah, well, let's well, let, yeah, we'll jump it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, just real quick. So I didn't know this, but if you look at the back cover of the record and I'll pull it up here, but. You know, it's it's them for like putting up their hands, like saying thank you to the crowd, and apparently this was them opening for the Stones. <laughs> right? Yeah, that like was that, the, that yeah. live shot. I never knew that, so I guess there's a little correlation. It almost there. seems like a forgotten piece of history. Man, the Rolling really. Stones were were huge into the the you know Chicago blues scene and all that, right. and you know they had their yeah. own set of of you know, they had their own circle of musicians that they right. hung around, and, and Van Halen just. Right. Um, kind of the L.A. rock scene was not a not a crossover. Just it, it didn't really. Yeah, cross it is. Over kind, them. It is kind of funny considering how big uh, Van Halen was at this point that, that they were opening for. I mean, not that the Stones weren't a uh, kind of like a colossus, but it was just it's just kind of funny because you think of, mm-hmm. you think opening bands are just these little kind of maybe an album in or so. I mean, yeah, Van Halen was already what is they, this was what album five and they were yeah. opening yeah <laughs> and they well, were and, and, already sold and, and, probably and, 10, 12 million copies yeah. You think about kind of the um, the 
way the LA scene developed, the LA rock scene, where it became less and less about, I mean, it was all about breaking away from that chrysalis of blues music. I mean, uh, like you get to like Nitro and there are, there's like zero blues at all. (laughs) (laughs) Like like when you get to like the very late, I think like Pretty Boy Floyd or whatever, like the ultimate culmination of Van Halen's effort, there's like zero blues influence at all all and um you know like the the stones are very bluesy i mean there's there's, there's right. so much crossover in early rock just as rock progressed further and further yeah um, it almost seemed like the goal of la's rock scene was to kind of yeah. separate i mean like poor boy blues is notwithstanding um <laughs> i hate uh, that how, track how, how 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 many different horrible references can you make in one sentence (laughs) you managed to take us to pretty boy floyd nitro Nitro. is the culmination of van halen's influence and poor boy blues i think we just need to move on (laughs) all right i want to argue that i want to argue that that pretty boy floyd is not the culmination of what van halen started well yeah i mean that was the yeah that was where it kind of had reached it's yeah i mean that's the stale Bottom of the bag, uh, potato chip. Yeah, I know. You're like, yeah, <laughs> all broken up in the bottom. Bottom, like exactly, exactly. First, you have a you have a great bag of uh, nice ripe, and then okay, then you get the sugar at the bottom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Much. All right. We jump in and uh, yeah, back yeah. to Van Halen. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> go on and kick off this album, and I think it's the first time since Van Halen Two where we've started with a cover, and that is where have all the good times gone. Ironic or not to hear this song right about now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> will, will this will this depression last for long? <laughs> you know, I that line stuck with me too, and I was going to bring up that um, you know what a great transitional song from Fair Warning. If Fair Warning mm-hmm. is all about um, mental illness, and if this song is all about um, or not mental, like more like mental institution, and this song is as Alex you mentioned. Uh, Return to the party in the sun. Um, I mean, this kind of has the, the the sound of that party in the sun. But if you listen to the lyrics, it kind of still is in that fair warning mold. I know it's not their lyrics, but still, it's their choice to put right. this on the album. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's very that intro riff is definitely very California Van Halen too. So it's kind of getting back to that uh, kind of more sunny feeling uh, uh, kind of Van Halen that we kind of were introduced to. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's another. Uh, I wouldn't say it's uh, the best kind of sunny song that they've had, but it's uh, definitely uh, it's it, de- it definitely catches your attention. Definitely a great kind of. Uh, I'm sure in the live setting, I'm sure it's another great kind of yeah, feel good moment. Um, yeah. um, but uh, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much my uh, 
Uh, yeah, it's funny. It's it's a song that's that's very well done, but it doesn't. At least for me, it doesn't stick out as much as some of the other ones. So yeah. it's funny because I had a note very much like yours, Mark. Is that was kind of a a darker subject matter, but a lighter feel. It's funny mm-hmm. that we we came up with the some of the same things. Um, and again, not a, not another fast opener. You know, yep. again, all right, it's obviously been a trend. Now we're at album five here. Yeah, what what separated them from other bands of the era that always started out with a rocker, an ode to rock and roll, right? And, and that like that template didn't seem to ever come from Van Halen. For as much as they set down the line for other bands, like they just did not open with. I mean, they weren't like that opening rocker, kind of like just like a power rocker second song, and then the ballad on number three. Like the Van Halen never really did that. No. Um, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, Alex, I'm not sure if you read this too, as far as what the song's about, uh, that it was Dave's, uh, kind of criticism of, uh, like corporate intervention in like popular rock music. Did you find, did you come across that? No, no, I, I didn't. Yeah, that was uh, something cool. I think, I think it was on the, uh, again, one of the things I found on the, uh, the news desk, uh, yeah, where it, okay. uh, uh, in an era of kind of new wave and uh, kind of corporate rock, I guess you could say, yeah, like with the likes of Sticks and Foreigner or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah, I guess Dave had commented that this was just a reflection on the yeah, bands just being kind of down and dirty and just kind of just doing it and being yourself. But uh, okay. uh, uh, I thought that was interesting, though. Uh, yeah. Again, so not something you think about uh, with Van Halen. Yeah, the, uh, as far as just kind of deep reflective material. <laughs> For sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're we're you know, where have all the good times gone and we go straight into something a lot faster. You know, here here is our rock. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's hang him high. <laughs> I will say this is one of, if not, well, it's tough. I'd have to look at the back here, but this is definitely one of my favorite songs on the record. And I I think one of their best deep cut songs, like I would kind of put this up there maybe in like my top five or 10, like not singles, but kind of deep cut tracks. And it's funny how you mentioned like how they never really had a a barn burner kind of opener. I feel like if they were to pick like an opener for like a concert or a record, this would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for I that, thought about for that, that too. Kind of like coming out of the gate. Yeah, which I know that's not really like their style to do that. Same with like kind of like a Romeo Romeo Delight, where you know it's you think it would be like the opener of a side or like the first the first of the record, but it, it's not. Like they decided to kind of bury it a little farther down, and they do that here, but. I love this song. That riff is so cool. It's just, and and that was another one where I think they busted this one out 
uh, on some of those reunion tours. I want to say either the 2012, probably, I think it was the 2012 where they started playing this. I think like Wolf was uh, allowed to pick a lot more of the songs on the set list. So it was really cool for him to pick this one. Cause mm-hmm. even though I wasn't at this tour, like just watching footage of it, it's like, Oh sweet. I get to hear this That's, one. Yeah. You know, in modern day. Yeah, this is yeah, this is definitely the rager on the album, and yeah, yeah, you're right, Alex. Yeah, that intro riff is just yeah. Again, it just yeah, it's again, it's kind of gets the blood going. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, not not very not a sophisticated riff, but it kind of again, it's like that classic Van Halen, just kind of punch to the gut. Um, I also love uh, I don't know uh, Kevin if you can uh, cue up the solo at uh, a minute thirty. I just yeah. I love classic. that double bass. Yeah. 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 I I had a note about that solo too, just the the whole melodic part of it. Some of it only almost sounds like a, a something off a Satriani album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very hear. class. Yeah, very classical sounding. Yeah. yeah so I'm gonna so. I'm gonna talk about Eddie soloing too. The very opening solo here. Um, and Kevin played it in the intro there. But if if you listen to his uh, how he leaves that solo, it is basically a riff that would come to define his playing right there like that uh um uh, where he just kind of dive bombs out of it i mean i i've learned 5150 the song back and forth and he uses it there he uses it in jump um i mean it, it and and you know i'm gonna make a bold statement here and i'm gonna say this is the record between this is the start of eddie stopping innovating I and mean, this this guy Ooh. was basically just a, a monster innovator on guitar from 1975 up mm. until this record right here. And we're hearing like the same riff. He's going to use this, this lick later. He's going to use it over and over. Like I've played this lick and like different Van Halen solos that I've learned. Like this right here is the first we see of him slowing down. Like there's this one video. I've seen it before. It's kind of an interesting look if you're a Van Halen fan. Um, it's a concert put on, I think it's a tribute to Les Paul. And Brian Setzer is hosting it, and like Brian Setzer oh, yeah, is just yeah, yeah. Like criminally mm. underrated guitarist. Oh, and, absolutely. And, yeah. and he and he's jamming like they're just jamming to some blues track, and they have um, you know Les Pauls there, and they got all these great guitars, and Eddie's there, and Eddie goes up for his solo. And this is like 1988 or 89, I think. Um, and like he just plays like jump solo or something. Like it's, it's like, like he has no ability to mm-hmm. uh, at that point anymore to kind of just like you know do anything different than he's already been doing i think that right. he just, they just reached such a peak that it's like well where do i have to go from here and yeah uh, yeah i, I think, think you're right. the question yeah, yeah. The, the the where do you have to go from there is then becoming a a songwriter and having the hits right yeah that's where he was opposed sure. to innovating with yeah. the guitar you could, it's okay i've done that right because you can mm-hmm. see even a little bit on here i mean well he's been experimenting a little bit i mean as far as keyboards but now i mean this is i think where you start seeing Eddie like the piano or keyboard player versus Eddie, the kind of bar, uh, kind of balls to the wall guitar player. Not that there weren't some great riffs uh, on the Sammy era and even on 1984, but uh, 
but yeah, I agree yeah, that uh, maybe that was why maybe he was shifting his uh, musical focus. Uh, so into, is, is this, yeah. I mean, I, I hate to call it the beginning of the end right before we get into it. <laughs> like, like we're getting to a solo guitar piece coming up, but you know, Kevin, yeah. take it away with, with cathedral. And it, it, it's just a, a different type of guitar solo for sure. Yeah, for sure. And here we go. It's funny. Yeah, this is another one that just kind of, I don't know, it kind of, again, sets a very kind of somber mood. Uh, uh, I know Eddie, I think, was trying to, and I think Dave was the one who really kind of named it, as far as giving kind of like a church, like you're in church and you're listening to a church organ. And it does mm-hmm. have that kind of, um, it was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if any of you had come across this. Um, yeah, that, because uh, again, yeah, it's pretty much Eddie rolling uh, on and off the uh, the volume knob. And supposedly, and I thought this was kind of an interesting thing that I guess he supposedly burned uh, for the guitar geeks out there, uh, burned out the uh, the volume knob. Um, yeah, I'd heard that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. which is kind of kind of interesting because you saw years later with his signature gear that he uh, kind of came out with one of those high uh, high res or high intensity uh, vo- uh, volume pots. And I don't know if that was because of what happened here, because um, I was I mean I know he's I mean aggressive with that stuff, but I, I was, this was kind of interesting to, that this is kind of a yeah, where you see kind of like the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like the proto uh, kind of approach to kind of coming up with that gear. Uh, this, but this but it's song, hard, yeah. This this is solos a very um, very Barokian, mm-hmm. um, and it's not the first time on the album that we're gonna kind of get their their uh, their parents' roots coming through here. But like when I when I hear this, I think like a like a, a Baroque era, you know, like Al- I yeah. think Alex or somebody mentioned like church music. It does definitely has that. Uh, um just kind of the way that uh, the, the the chords progress it just kind of feels like a uh a solo piece from you know the you know the 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 17th century it's it's interesting right yeah right um you know i not to interrupt or anything here but just to touch on mark's kind of point about innovation before is that what I, you know we've done this you know we've heard the blazing solo we've heard the acoustic solo and and now you start to hear and this is what i made the point with the songwriting but innovation and in sound Mm-hmm. You know, if you were to hear this today, you'd almost think, oh, yeah, that's a synth with a right. know, slow slow attack on it, whatever. No, it's a guitar. So that's kind of where we're innovating in sound there. But go ahead, Alex. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, you, you you beat me to it. I was going to say the same thing. Like, I found it, and not, you know, criticizing because you have your own ideas on it. But it was funny that Mark said that he felt like maybe it was sort of, uh, you know, on the downslope of innovation. But then you hear something like this, and, like, I mean maybe this is more in innov- not that a lot of people do this as much like my point is you look you you look at the first record and you look at eruption and nobody had ever really heard anything like that before but you've you've seen it done so many times since like so many people are tapping like steve i and satch and you know everybody's tapping after that but Eddie wasn't the first one to do tapping. I mean, he, in his way, he was, but he wasn't the first one to like tap on the fretboard. But I don't, I don't, I've never seen anybody do this. But also, no. it's not as, 
uncommon. Like you don't see a lot of people doing volume knob, you know, tapping on the fretboard solos. So it's it's interesting. Like it's innov- innovative in one way, yeah. but maybe not as legendary as his tapping. Yeah. Did he ever play this live? Like in the early, like when the when the album came out, did he ever bring this song into the set list at all? Or do you know or any of you guys know? Yeah. He, I mean, he would throw it into his like concert guitar solo like a oh, bunch okay. yeah but. gotcha okay um i'll, I'll have to say that uh, um with the volume swells to alex's point which is an interesting one i definitely agree with the you know where do you go from here uh when you've conquered the world you know what's left right um mm-hmm. i mean steve howe was doing volume swells long long you know 10 yeah. years before this is just you know I, I again kind of to my earlier point with you know when did yes and van halen ever cross paths it's like somebody right. make that connection for me i want to see where that right. where that comes from Right. Um, but you know, it is a, where do you go from here? You know, it's either I, I songwriting agree. sounds or just, you know, where else can yeah. I innovate on the guitar? Because just, you know, shredding isn't gonna, isn't right. gonna help me stand apart anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think this, again, yeah, this is a, another, I don't know if he had more, f- put more focus into this particular piece, but I do love how it kind of ascends and descends with the swells. Yeah. It's just, again, very, uh, I don't know. It's another one. It's hard to explain just a personal kind of favorite, but, uh, Anyway, um, yeah, I think that's all I had to say about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And let, yeah, let's keep moving on with the album here. So we got our quick solo, and we're going to move into a song called Secret. Alex, I'm gonna have to interject. Is this song a warm blanket for you? This is this is the warm blanket song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This for the longest time was my favorite song on the record. Um, and I don't know if we're if I'm jumping the gun here on talking about this section of the show, but honestly, my 30 second blip of the record is gonna be like the first 30 seconds of the song. Just it, it's the most. It's like the brightest, warmest. Uh, summary track I think on the record for a long time I think I felt like it was a cover but it's not and that's the thing with this record is there's so many covers on it but honestly the original songs on this are so strong in my mm-hmm. opinion like yeah. I, I think this was my favorite for a while and then hang them high and there's another one you know towards the end of the record that I love so much but I've always loved this song, and it's funny. I was talking about how I was singing this earlier, like in prep for the show. But yeah, this is another one where it's cool. Just the harmonies, and this is a cool one where they played at that US Festival, and Eddie's got the double neck, yeah. yellow striped guitar. Where he's playing like on a twelve string, right. and it just it's I don't know. It's not like a women in love vibe brightness, but yeah, there's something about this song that like captured the vibe of the record for me. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, this, you know, the, the first thing that popped into my head with this song is that it sounds like something off OU812 or Balance. 
the guitar fills, the clean guitar. I, I don't know why. And of course, I love both of those albums, so mm-hmm. I love this song. But uh, it's the guitar fills too, just the do 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 do, and just mm-hmm. right into that. And, and I do get this summery, beachy vibe out of it, and the guitar solo in this song. I love the guitar solo in this song. Mm-hmm. I, it's oh man, I, I just love the vibe. And and yeah. Dave is a little bit more subdued here. Yeah, and it, it works. Funny. He he does right. it well with this song. Yeah, it was so, kind yeah. of funny. I was reading up a little bit as far as Dave's inspiration for the. Uh, but yeah, it's a very nice little yeah, ballad. Uh, and that's, I lo- you love the twelve string again. I guess you could say it's a it's got that warm blanket feel to it. Um, but it was funny as far as Dave's inspiration for the lyrics because there's a lot of imagery in there. Um, I, I guess, yeah, they were on tour and, uh, he was in some store looking at greeting cards and he was started reading on all these little things that were inside the cards, all these little kind of things to your loved one or whatever. And so he kind of took those and started, I guess, stitching them together. <laughs> I know. I agree. Sorry. I, I, at first I, I thought you said green card. I'm like, no, oh, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Dave. No, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have to make a, a comment on the, um, the musicality of this song yeah. it's interesting if you listen to especially that middle song like i don't know if you would consider dave going falsetto there but there's a there's a point in this song where everyone is in their highest range yeah um, i love that part. I Eddie, love that eddie's part, yeah. doing yeah i mean like dave's in that vocal range michael is doing this backup you know he's always in that range alex is 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 working the bell on the ride you know, that really clean, high-pitched ride sound. He's working the bell there. And Eddie's doing, um, he's doing open harmonics. It's like there's this one moment where everything just rises up. And I think that's really cool. Like from a band that, you know, was, was drop-tuned to C-sharp last album, that they can pull something like this off a record later. It's, that's a good dynamic range. And, you know, I, I have to comment, too, on the, um, the lyrical content of this. It's interesting. I think more than one of you guys brought up the summery, beachy vibe here. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is almost a um, like uh, like it's Monday morning, like the party's over, and this is the kind of music that that accompanies mm. who's still left on the beach. Like I'm yeah. not saying that's bad or good. I'm just saying like that's the vibe I get from this. Yeah, it's a little I, bit somber again. Yeah, it's kind of got that uh, where you're not uh, at high energy anymore. It's just kind of like you're starting to kind of wind down a yeah. little bit. Chris, you used yeah. the B word, the ballad. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe like tempo wise and because it's a little cleaner, I could see. I don't know. The thing with me with ballads, I I always picture a ballad as more. Well, I guess this could be a love song. But honestly, when I think of ballad, I'm thinking of like a love bites or is this love or something like maybe something a little more. I don't know if central is the word I'm thinking of, but maybe like a little darker. Like I've always got, when I think of ballads, I always think of something a little softer and darker and more of like a love-based thing where this one, I think my adjectives to describe this song (laughs) is, is light and airy. Yeah, I, I did. I did I say ballad yeah. yeah, not ballad okay. But, but, yeah. I, know, I, but I, I, I totally, I, I totally see where you would come across that compared to the rest of the songs. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I feel like that's a, a good way to put it. So sure, I, I could see where you're at on that. I think we're gonna have to introduce a section to this uh, podcast, and it's gonna be called "And Now." Alex's warm blanket. Yeah, <laughs> right. And we'll, we'll have a, a hit list of Chris's ballads. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's fool. Yeah. Love bites. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, it's, no, it's definitely not in that territory. You're you're right about no. that. It's it's nowhere near that. 
for sure. Oh, that's but. too funny. Yeah. All right. Well, let's switch it up completely and go do something called Intruder. song there <laughs> no I, I, can't do that. <laughs> I, i'll say that um uh does this remind anybody of the opening to yankee rose oh my god dude i was literally going to say that isn't it weird i'm like this what, holy crap i was thinking that same thing i'm like i wonder if this is where steve Vai got the animal noise inspiration from. <laughs> yeah oh, wow. or dave just gave it to him and said hey i want this but i want it in yeah. my style Right. Yeah. This, is, this is like Eddie that Dark. Yeah. Of that <laughs> this is it's just as much mine as it is Eddie's. I know. Yeah. yeah. All right, Chris, you're up then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Um, no. Yeah. This. Uh, it's funny. This almost has like almost that fair warning kind of darker feel to it. That's why I was kind of surprised uh, that they brought it in here, especially the song that it precedes, uh, which is a much more well, it's a kind of more of a kind of warm sounding uh, uh, kind of pop song. But uh, yeah, again, yeah, kind of making like that worrying kind of uh, uh, sound he does in the first uh, like twenty seconds, uh, where you got they're almost like he's making the guitar moan. It's really weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, this this track is something that uh, you know. My first thought, I'm not going to spoil any love it or flush it, but um, you know, this Eddie experimenting on my vinyl. Um, <laughs> that, that, that kind of, kind of my first impression of this, but the cleanliness at which this turns right into Pretty Woman, I think mm-hmm. they did a great job of crafting an intro that just okay, perfectly yeah. matches the, um, you know, just a perfect. And if you listen to this on a on a vinyl or on some kind of gapless playback, um, mm-hmm. you know, that isn't YouTube, it just it's clean. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the first thing that that kind of popped into my head as well is that. As an individual track, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, it, it is what it is. When you hear it transition into the next song, you're like, oh, you know, that, that was kind of nice, actually. That was, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah know? And, and so it's, something about it works, and then you kind of wonder, like, oh, well, what if they had cut it out? Would it, would it, it have been as nice? Like, I, I, I don't know. So it's, you kind of get into debate a little bit about it, that. It, it's funny. I, I don't know if it's so much a story, but the first time I ever heard uh, Pretty Woman was on that Best of Both Worlds comp, and Intruder doesn't introduce that song. Mm. It, it it just starts right at the, the the opening riff of Pretty Woman. So for the longest time, I think when I first heard this song, I'm like, what's going on here? And then I heard that transition, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I never knew that that was 
what they were doing back then until I heard this record. And and also, if you guys ever get a chance, one of the best Van Halen music videos ever yeah, is, for, it, is for this and for the song that precedes it. So yeah, no, yeah, no expense was spared yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, this... Uh, uh, is an interesting proposition to say whether or not this was uh, necessary. I mean, this is closing. I had to look it up. This is closing the side. I mean, it doesn't this sound like more of a side opener. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 I, I would say so too, a, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this almost <laughs> sounds like a side too. I mean, maybe I'm just thinking like Fair Warning. Was it Fair Warning that opened up with. Uh, an experimental song? No, that was Unchained. Yeah, um, so that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's. Women and Children yeah. First, Torah, Torah. That's where I'm getting it from. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. That they, they, yeah, it's not yeah. unprecedented that they would do that, but uh, kind of a weird, um, you know, on your, your, your pen, penultimate song of your closing side to throw in an experimental transitional intro. True. You know, it's interesting that everybody else kind of had Steve Vai vibes from this. I got Petrucci vibes. You had Steve yeah. vibes? No. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where do you hear the Petrucci? Um, the just... Some of his messing around at the end of Misunderstood, the beginning of These Walls, just messing around with sounds. I hear <laughs> that. You can go look it up. That's, I'll check the, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Go to the ending of Misunderstood after the song kind of fades out. It's just guitar noises. And you could hear that. Hmm. Hang on. This might be piping through. Let me turn off. But All right, let's, I, see. I, let's hear. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Here I would go. To, I would go to misunderstood first. Yeah, hang, hang in there with us, folks. Here. All right, let me dive misunderstood. You you didn't go to the start of these walls where he's doing the funny sounds. It was the end. Okay, okay, so end of misunderstood. He goes nuts there. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, 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 know, I know in 2000 you can't, you know, like do what Eddie did in 1984 and call it a day. Right. Like you got to yeah. go a little further. But yeah. so that that's what I, where I got. Oh, that okay, from. I think I think there was a little bit more context with uh, with Eddie, but yeah, uh, nothing against that's Dream cool. Theater or John Petrucci, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. yeah, and I was wasn't like I was just the it's, it's all right. It, it probably <laughs> kicked in though the the beginning of these walls with those weird sounds. It just kind of reminded yeah. me of it. By the time well, it kicked in, it was the well, stuff. It's so vocal so, without using a vocoder. I mean, I, right, does, yeah. does Yankee Rose use a vocoder? No, I don't think so. Okay, and for those of you uh, who don't know what a vocoder is, it basically is using a vocal tone through a guitar amplifier. Am I correct mm. on that? Usually a vocoder is a synth, a talk box is a guitar. Okay, the talk box, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Uh I, I know what it sounds like. Um, but uh yeah, I, I don't I don't know what it looks like. I know Neil Young did a whole record using that uh during his yeah, yeah but uh yeah. an effect best used in moderation in my right, opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well that was if, it, if you want to yeah, think that, of vocoder, it's Phil Collins in the air tonight. Oh yeah, that's true. Or the yeah. do you remember? Okay, yeah. so a talk box is Bon Jovi. Mick Mars at the end to kickstart my heart. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's okay. Talk box. Peter, now we Peter got our Frampton. geek talk straight. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, get, to, let's get to Pretty Woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All 
Why isn't this your warm blanket? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe just because it's a cover, I think. I don't know. It, it's I, I, I see where you would come up with yeah. that, and it's, it's a great, you know... It's a great cover, but yeah, I don't know. I don't get the same vibe just because it is a cover. I, I feel like Secrets does that a little bit more. You, you, know, you know what my problem with this song is that with a band that has a lot of timeless material, this sounds like 1982, <laughs> like really more than anything else I think that they did. And I just, like I hear it, it just sounds like, it just sounds like of its era, which I don't know if that for a band, I mean, that was as innovative as they were. Yeah, I don't think that maybe it was just the production on it. I, th- I thought it was very kind of by very kind of early eighties, very hollow sounding. Um, you know, and, it's interesting. Yeah. You mentioned the production, Chris, because I had a note yeah. about the production that it was like, I hate it on this song in particular. particular. Oh yeah. And I think that, yeah, that, that was my problem I, I, with it. Yeah. His, his sound or something, his guitar tone just is not good. I don't know. No. And it's, I've never been able to get past that with this song. Right. Hmm. I'm going to have to disagree. I like it. I like, I like the, uh, the... Well, you're wrong! The, the clean, <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I got the mic right now, so <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to tell you why. Um, just the way that it's, it's heavy, but not. Um, right. You know, it, it's... I don't, I don't know what pitch is in it. I have to, have to just pull out a piano and, and get this, but I mean, is it E-flat? I mean, it just kind of has that nice... You know, yeah. it, it, it's it's like that. It's like it's like a it's like a warm lead blanket. It's heavy. Like it's it's not. It, it, it's it's um you know a really interesting um you know it's like I think juxtaposition of what the band can be and what they would sometimes bring to the table. Like you know sometimes we're gonna bring out the the heavy riffs and the ragers, and sometimes we're gonna bring out the warm blankets. And this song is just you know it's a straddling between the two, and it's a really interesting. Like I don't really think about too much. The original cover of this, I mean, I think it's from the 60s. And, um, you know, that's an interesting thought, Chris, because there's a term in literature, I believe, that where um, uh, a, a a remake dates faster than the original. Um, you know, I'm thinking, like, if you think of the movie Scrooged, which is a Charles Dickens classic, but in a lot of ways, the Bill Murray movie is much more dated just because it's so obviously 1990. Mm-hmm. um that you know like um what's that movie uh, you've got mail with tom hanks i <laughs> yeah. mean it's 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 an old you know 1920 story but the remake dates faster than the original yeah, and bit, I'm, gonna yeah. to, I'm gonna have to look the the original of the song i think it's a roy uh orbison song i'm gonna have yeah, to uh, listen right. to the original yes, you're right, correct. and see yes. if i agree that uh this is a very dated song or did they bring their 1982 feel to a song that was you know 15 20 years old at this point let me let me just play a little bit of this here yep Sweet pretty woman <laughs> Great place to stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ned Ryerson. Well, let's move on to another cover, um, and that would be Dancing in the Street.
This is the second album in a row that I have been reminded of 90s video game music <laughs> by 1980s Van Halen. Like, doesn't this sound like a, like a race car game from the night, like menu music from a race car game in the 90s? It's that, know, that I, plotting I, synth and that. I, I love it. I don't know. Yeah, this is one of the few. <laughs> well, I'm going to say that I dislike yeah. it. It just, it yeah. just kind of gives me that vibe. And it's like this Saturday after, Sunday afternoon in the park, and then this, back to back, just seems like. Eddie's writing for 10 years into the future, um, mm-hmm. you know, on, 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 on like, I don't know, or that, that was what uh, kind of became just, you know, Muzak 10 years right. later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it's interesting. I, I have a little story on this song. Okay. It just happened recently. Is that, that this song, when I was re- listening to it for this podcast, was was pretty high. You know, I liked the, the synth sound. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of like the vibe of this. But recently... Uh, because Jen knows I've been doing this, is that sometimes we'll be going out and about. She's like, well, why don't you put on some Van Halen? So not all the time, but we'll throw on some of these albums that we're listening to. And this song came on, and she said, oh, yeah, this song? This song used to play at, like, Six Flags when you're standing in line. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not putting down Six Flags or anything, but it kind of kicked this song down a couple rungs. Just kind of picturing some moms dancing in line while they wait for the rides. And I I just, I just, ah. Was it the original or this version? I don't know, but I can't not think of that now. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for putting that image in my head. (laughs) (laughs) So much for those California vibes, those sweaty lines. But but that's just now what I think of, and it's not like I hate the song now, but the image is now yeah. in my head, and it's hard you have a headache. You kind of want to go home. Yeah, yeah. Been waiting yeah. long enough in this line. Yeah, yeah. That kind of puts it in the same category as elevator music. But uh, I mean, I still love it though. I mean, I uh, I love the the synth uh, uh, and guitar combination. So I guess uh, I wasn't too far off on my mu- music. Yeah. Oh yeah. Barb, right off the bat. Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> I was just going to say some kid yakking onto a pair of shoes off the raging bull to this song. That's what the soundtrack is. Oh, God. It's <laughs> ruin, ruin a innocent Peggy's day in line at the Six Flags. Yeah. That's too bad. Hey, hey Kev, can you uh, cue up the, uh, the guitar solo at uh, 5150 look again yeah i don't know if you heard it but there was again i, I did hear it actually yeah you, <laughs> once you start hearing it. it once you know once you've practiced that like a hundred times so you start hearing <laughs> it everywhere and and here it is like second time on the record although i do love how he follows that three six two five one chord progression mm-hmm. yeah you, or he you goes to like the major well. two yeah. he kind of follows it pretty well yeah <laughs> it's pretty interesting as as far as the solo progression goes for that but let's, let's, you know, speaking of solos, we're going to move on to kind of an intro to another song that's Little Guitars. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and, and, and no one has there. anything to say about little guitar. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you know what, go ahead, Mark. You know what it reminds me of? It just makes me think of a scene in Magnum PI or something at the club where everyone is just falling asleep. It's okay. 2 a.m. You know, the, the drunks are the usual drunks are passed out on the table and just somebody's noodling. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I like how it starts, but I hate the like uh, again uh, where the kind of the eddiness of his guitar solos kind of comes in a little too much. Where you probably could have done just a normal kind of finger picking exercise, but so like, no, he has to jump into that kind of speed picking moment there. Actually, uh, and now that you said that, I kind of hate it. What the, if, oh, the that, words finger picking exercise and put the song on the LP should never be in the uh, same sentence. Yeah, this is like a clinical song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, I, well, I don't know. Here's an interesting question. Out of the two acoustic tracks, Spanish Fly or Little Guitars intro, which one are you guys picking? Spanish Fly, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. At least for me. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's... I, I would pick Little Guitars. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, that that's the thing with this song is, like, again, it, it's... Almost like a cathedral kind of thing where, like, yes, it's it's very flamenco-based, and I'm sure, like, this was not the first time that anybody had done this before. But, like, this is, like, the first time I really saw anybody, because it, it, for those that don't know, like, what he's doing is he's doing, like, a pedal tone on the high string, and then he's hammering on with his left hand on the low E string so it basically sounds like there's two guitar players playing but it's just one and seeing that live it's like wow I've never seen anybody yeah. do that like you know as a little kid so if anything okay. it was kind of influential so to a young guitar okay. player so an A for effort yeah on Eddie's part yeah, for yeah I, bring I, thought something was, new. Okay. I thought it was cool I'm gonna go with Spanish Fly just because Spanish Fly is so obviously an acoustic answer to eruption sure hmm See, yeah, it's I interesting agree. you yeah. say that, Mark, because you, if I remember correctly, flushed Spanish Fly. Okay, well, don't spoil what I'm going to do with this song. Then. Oh, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not going to, but I just, I was just thinking I'm going to kill it. No, <laughs> no I, I was just thinking that this little guitar's intro is a much shorter, briefer, condensed version to just go into another song. It's not like we had to sit here for three minutes with it. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's just kind of I, uh, yeah. Uh, I did not flush yeah. Spanish Fly by the way. We all loved it. Oh, you didn't? I yeah, thought we you all did. Loved it. Oh, okay. Then I'm totally yeah. wrong. Yeah, not a flush <laughs> to be found. We all we are all on board. Well, let's move into a little guitars, not the intro. <laughs> Just a question for the group. I don't know if anybody paid attention to the lyrics, but do they work with this song? 
this whole senorita yeah it was yeah vibe. what was the gist hold on, hold on i had the as far as what he was doing uh i don't know i guess it, it actually uh dave's lyrics came out of uh the inspiration from the uh, little guitar's intro, where he was thinking sure. kind of like Spanish guitar or, or Mexican music, and so he, I guess, tried to build the song around like singing to your senorita in a tavern or whatever, and trying to. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I love. I personally, and again, I'll elaborate more later. But um, I personally love the song more for the music versus the lyrics. But um, so I'll agree with that. I mean, I, yeah. you know, for as much as I've been listening to lyrics more and more in these uh, discography reviews, I actually was so interested in the song musically that I didn't give one thought to the lyrics. Right. And, I had to, re- I had to okay. read up on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. this, this, this almost sounds, uh, there's almost a little bit of rush or yes. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a time signature change or there's kind of like a seven, eight bar in the pre-chorus. It's, it's fairly progressive for Van Halen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. um, yeah, I just, yeah, I just love the, uh, yeah, from the opener, that very strutting kind of uh, riff into the, uh, into that kind of arpeggiated part. I just love that, uh, and I love that. I know it's funny. The last forty-five seconds of the song is, it's pretty simple, but I just love it. it has like that real, like kind of classic rock vibe. Uh, yeah, Kevin, can you cue up uh, the like the last forty-five seconds of the song? Yeah, another yeah. warm blanket yeah it is yeah i just love that yeah i, yeah. I think i would agree there too and i say we, we haven't touched on this yet but i honestly love the opening drum the drums that alex is playing on this it's just same with like intruder like i always find myself like air drumming to this and it's probably <laughs> you know from a drummer's standpoint it's probably not anything very technical but it just it sits really well for me. It sounds good as musical. It's got a good groove, and yeah, this is like again one of the better, one of the originals on the tr- on the album. But I I've always loved this song, and you know of co- it's, course it's cool to watch Ed bust out the little miniature Les Paul for this and play it live. But yeah. th- this was one that they actually Van Halen played um, on the twenty or the two thousand seven tour. I don't know. If it was the first leg or what, I know I saw him a couple times. I think I saw him in Chicago at the All-State and then maybe at the United Center like the following year. But I know they definitely played this song at one of the shows. And, you know, that was more of like a greatest hits tour compared to the 2012-2015 where they started busting more deep cuts. But this was a deep cut that was thrown in there that I was really happy to see. This has always been a really cool song. That is truly a fan appreciation selection to the set list. If they throw yeah, in something absolutely. like this, that's right. that's the fans' comfort for something like this. Yes. Could you see Sammy doing this song or no? Is it strictly Dave? Mm. Little Cabo Wabo action, getting the tequila. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I never me. thought of that, but maybe. Let me you know, thought me. on that. I was actually watching uh, Sammy videos uh, of the Dave era songs, and I saw him sing "Unchained," and yes. that was a trip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like a rare one to find too. But yes, he did do that. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. For sure. Uh, let's switch it up completely from that song. Uh, and, and we've noticed that happening on this album a little bit. Uh, you know, from Intruder to Pretty Woman, and now we're going from Little Guitars to Big Bad Bill is Sweet William Bob is here. Big Bad Bill don't fight anymore. No, no, no. You know the 
dishes, mopping up that floor. Yes, he is. Well, he used to go out drinking, looking for a fight. Now I gotta see that sweet woman every night. Big bad Billy, sweet William now. So I have a little bit of a story um, yeah. for this song. I was listening to it, and sometimes I listen to these songs on uh, YouTube playlists, and I read the comments, see what uh, reaction people have to this. And one of the comments on this song on YouTube was, why do I feel like watching Toy Story now? Yeah. And I, I spent the next yeah, 15 wow. minutes, yeah, gonna, I spent yeah. the next 15 minutes, I was convinced that this song must have been in Toy Story. Yeah. Like where was it? Was it yes. one? Like it wasn't in any of them. No. And then I, I pulled yeah. down the comments, and somebody's like, "Yeah, it kind of sounds like Jungle Book to me." Like, what about this is such a Pixar song? Yeah, it's it's a cartoony mm-hmm. kind of. Um, yeah. yeah, it's got almost. Uh, it was funny, you know. This was actually the first song I wrote notes for, for on my notepad because uh, again, all this stuff started flowing into my head because it's just such an out there uh, selection. But do you remember this song uh, in the summertime? Uh, by Mungo Jerry, where it's kind of got that in the summertime when the weather is hot. It's it's on the radio all. I mean, yeah, especially of course in the summer. I mean, it's got that real. Again, uh, what, what, what would you how, what would you compare it to? Uh, yeah, what genre would that be considered? That uh, uh, oh, like almost. yeah, like not even that. It's almost like again, like a vaudeville kind of uh, roaring twenties mm-hmm. kind of. It actually also made me think of like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. If any of you have seen that, yeah, uh, the yeah the soundtrack. What was that? The, like Burt Bacharach, uh, mm-hmm. like that kind of uh, very um, yeah, very show tuney, very. Uh, uh yeah again you can just picture dave up on like a like a theater stage uh kind of singing it yeah it's very um yeah uh, very unique and it's funny i don't hate it yeah because maybe it's just because he it was kind of it kind of gave brought back all of those vibes from all this stuff i grew up with that i I can't i can't find another van halen song like this no yeah (laughs) you're not going to i don't think and the brush drums the clarinet solo uh you know it's it's yeah, it's his dad. You know, this is one of those that I mentioned before of a non-Van Halen member getting on the album. But uh, it's, yeah, it's completely different. And I think we mentioned this before, but of of covers to choose, this one, you know, kind of an yeah. interesting question. I, I, and, I, and I was going to comment on that as well. I was like, you know, I knew when I first heard this song, like... I, I had a strong feeling this, you know, before I looked on the internet and stuff, I had a strong feeling like, all right, I, I can't imagine this being like an original, but uh, I like, I looked it up and apparently this was sort of like a famous song back then. Like a lot of people covered it. Like I'm oh, seeing really? like yeah. Rye, Rye Cooter and Merle Haggard and, okay. and, and it's cool because it, it's a popular song in barbershop quartet, which yeah. that, <laughs> oh, now yeah, that definitely, I think about yeah. it, it's, you know, I, I, I think it, I think like, you know, the guys with the straight, like the black pants and the, you know, pinstriped hats and stuff like that. And it, I almost get more of like an ice cream vibe from this song than I do ice cream, man. Like this is, the, <laughs> this is like the ice cream man or the, the, could this be magic of diver down? And you it, know, that's fascinating because okay. the next song I get strong ice cream man vibes from, and I was surprised sure. that they put it back to back with, with acoustics. I was when they, when this played back to back, uh, just like, okay, I've, you know, like I, I, I can live with big bad bill, but another one, but yeah. Let's hear it. I, and and yeah. I and I love Eddie's. Go ahead, Alex. Just real quick, I just love Eddie's like jazz chords on this too. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty cool, like the fingering and the stuff. It's like 
he's kind of doing something a little different here, a little bit more jazz, like kind of cleaner guitar. It's it's a cool to hear that side of him. So, yeah, Mark mentioned the very next song, and that would be the full bug. Here's uh, Eddie again, uh, kind of embodying uh, his inner uh, ZZ Top. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a ZZ Top bar boogie. I mean, it's great, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's got that. I mean, it just sounds yeah, like he was listening to uh, like Fandango or something from from ZZ Top. Yeah, and just kind of lifted <laughs> that vibe. Yeah, <laughs> but I love it. I mean, again, it's a it's a fun song, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's the most original kind of heavy rocker. Um, Hmm, that's interesting because I, I uh, you know, going through these albums, there's always one song that gets stuck in my head going through these another time. And this was that one that I went back to several times. I'm not okay. sure why. No, it's, it's, it's great. But yeah, I'm not, it, it yeah. did come back into my head. So yeah. I'm just throwing that out. No, there. I, I agree. I wasn't, yeah, as far as, I mean, it's a great, fun song. But yeah, you can see, uh, and I do kind of like in the beginning where it kind of throws you off a little bit where you're thinking, okay, it's going to be like another just straight up like Dave Blues kind of. And then all of a sudden it launches into that kind of thundering against easy top riff, which I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll, yeah. I'll give it a pass. I'll give it a pass on that. Yeah. Is anyone, um, you know, let's say, let's, let's put it this way. Are people impressed or unimpressed with how well the originals and the covers blend together? I would say I'm impressed actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah big, big time. Just yeah. because, you know, I think Alex has mentioned this, and and I knew this as well. There's some where you kind of get a hint that they're covers, and there's some where you, you actually don't even know that they are. Yeah. But because it, it's it's a weird blend, they make mm-hmm. the covers their own, and yeah. the ones that they are originals could be covers, yeah. but you're not sure. Right. It's this fun. is such a diverse album. It, it is. Yeah. It, it's top kind of, bottom. Yeah. It's kind of funny with how much headache this album was to create. I mean, as far as the inner the inner turmoil of the band i mean because i know most of i think the band has admitted even at this point that they are not fans of it uh but it actually came out a lot better than i think it even they expected i mean i think from a fan perspective because i know alex really loves it and i can mm-hmm. i can see why why somebody would love it yeah because it is um for uh, again kind of like a hodgepodge of covers and original songs it actually is one of the better versions of that approach <laughs> It's not. It, it doesn't come off as like a throwaway as they intended it to be, as far as just fulfilling a uh, like a con- contractual obligation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and this is just the full bug. It's such a strong song. Like, 
It's tough, man. It's going to be tough it is, when, yeah. when, it, when it gets down to the buy. Like, what's going to be my buy for the record? Because, I mean, I'll just say it now. I don't think it's going to be any of the covers as much as I like the covers. I think I'm going to save a buy for an original song. But, like, it's going to be tough. I mean, this is such a great song. And I think, you know, watching this one live from that Us Festival show, I think, was really what kind of sold it. Because, I, 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 you know, I've talked to Kevin, you know, in the past about my love for live albums. And I know I don't know if Kevin, you, you maybe you don't feel as strongly about live records as I do. I mean, and that's the thing about that US Festival show is like objectively, it's such a sloppy show. Like you know, it's famous for you know Dave forgetting the words and who knows what kind of substances they were on during that show. There, there, there's <laughs> yeah, some really yeah. cool, f- funny footage of them like pre-show backstage partying and stuff so i mean that's just an iconic show but i i always loved the live version of this song and there's like little ad-libs that you know eddie will do different on guitar than he'll do on the studio version that i i'm like man whenever i hear this song i like you know when i'm listening along to the song i always have the little live ad-libs that he does in my head different and i'm like man i I wish he would have done that on the studio version but he probably Mm -hmm. learned that later and he's like oh i'll I'll do this now because i think this sounds better and the studio version was out at this point but this is such a strong song you know that's a fascinating point to bring up whether or not you know how a live album or show on youtube influences your perception of the actual album itself i mean what what if what if the us festival had been lost I mean, or what if mm-hmm. the US Festival was a year earlier and, and covered Fair Warning and then you didn't like Fair Warning as much because you preferred how they did a live or just it's just interesting to see yeah. what was saved and what isn't because so, you know, uh, proportionally so little of it is actually available to see Correct. compared to the amount of sh- shows that they were actually doing. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's close this album out. Closing out Diver Down with Happy Trails. <laughs> Bombadida, 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 interesting way to close the album after you opened the album with where have all the good times gone um and <laughs> who is it made that made the point regarding um i think it was chris about the uh um the corporate kind of making fun of the corporate uh schlock or uh influence yeah, that right, it was yeah. having on rock music yeah. i mean it almost seems like this is kind of a you know middle finger or to whatever that, yeah. to <laughs> to like pop rock or you know kind of produced um, you know, whatever was going on in 1982 when it comes to, you know, the big uh, record labels. Yeah, it's it's funny. This song almost feels like a joke. You know, yeah. the whole well, he, thing. Well, he laughs it off at the end. Right, yeah, they're all laughing at the end and stuff. You're like, oh, is is this just kind of like an, an, not maybe not even an inside joke, but just a total joke and uh, amongst the band? It's like, okay, yeah, this is, here. here's a song for you. You know, okay. So should should that have been a bonus track, and it could have ended on the full bug? Hmm. I actually kind of like it the way it is, just because it has an odd charm. Right. Ending this way, it's it's it would this album end any other way? I don't know. Well, I'll I'll stand by my thought that that it's a contrast to the opener, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I've always thought this was like a fun song. I mean, happy trails, like so long, goodbye, like this. 
you have to end the record. I mean, you couldn't put right. this song anywhere else on the record. Is right. it necessary? Like, yeah, could they have ended with Full Bug? Sure. But, I mean, I feel like it ties in with the overall happy kind of, you know, all the cover songs. And why not end it with a cover and just kind of wrap it up? And, you know, it's got, like, those, like, three- or four-part harmonies. And this is one that they actually did live like there's some footage of them actually like all of them like, like you know alex coming from behind the back of the kid up to the front of the stage right. and like you know arms <laughs> locked singing this one so yeah i feel like it's great it's a great way to end this kind of a record and i think it works yeah you're making me appreciate it a little bit more now yeah just looking at it so what the purpose that it serves uh and maybe you could also make the connection, like as far as this era of the band or whatever, this lineup. I mean, the between the four guys, maybe like Happy Trail, right? That they're riding off into the sunset, and mm-hmm. it's when they when they come back, it's not necessarily going to be the same thing it that almost, it's. Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. It, it almost sounds sarcastic, yes. right? A little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of that yeah. on here. Yeah, <laughs> ironic or yeah. just you know, like, like Kevin when you said a joke, it just seems like in some ways when they there's a line in there i think about summer or sun or something yeah and it almost seems like they're kind of making poking fun at themselves in a way mm-hmm. yeah yeah so maybe this this there's more to this song than you know a minute some right. odd yeah, seconds long would yeah, suggest yeah, yeah right yeah it's kind of where there's some like his historical significance when you really dig into it it's like okay it kind of represents like a tongue-in-cheek kind of all right yeah we're going and yeah well, okay he, he, yeah he, here's something uh, the song was originally re- included on the band's demo as a joke. They had played all the songs they could, and this was all that was left. I, I guess the I guess the quote is "joke them if they can't take a," and then I'll I'll bleep it out for all of our <laughs> for our audience. But if they can't take an the f words, so yeah, it yeah. just it was uh it was just sort of like a joke, little four part harmony like. Say love you, kind of see you later, kind of a song. Oh, great! Okay. Look, I mean, I'll I'll have to give them a lot of credit for putting together a hodgepodge of songs. You know, it, it's it's a lot of covers, and you know, typically it it kind of reminds me of like a sitcom where you they run out of money, so they just put on a clip show, and it's always you know it's always lousy. It's always just kind of like the worst episode of the season. But like, not this record. Like they they put together such an odd eclectic collection of music, and and some of it they made their own, and some of them they just went way off the deep end as they did with this song and just somehow it all works mm-hmm. yeah absolutely all right love it or flush it here all we right. go awesome. alex the order is chris kevin alex okay. mark for love it or flush it and kevin gets an extra buy or terminate chris are you going to use your extra buy or terminate over the four albums on this album um i think i might hold on to it for now okay uh, good choice i think yeah <laughs> um i think yeah i might save it for the maybe the next one but yeah we'll see um but yeah okay. for uh we're uh so so yeah we were starting with me um so yeah where have all the good times go uh gone i i love it i mean as kind of standard as it is i mean it's a great kind of uh, just quintessential uh van halen um yeah i don't know how much more to uh, elaborate on that uh it's yeah it's uh again just a fun kind of like you hear it and you kind of go yeah okay it's like uh, there's there's van halen right there so uh so yeah big uh yeah a little love for me awesome i'm kev yeah i uh, yeah i'm gonna love the song too uh, i don't think it's the strongest on the album but i feel like it's a great way to open up the album it's consistent and kind of mark got me with the bridge comment between fair warning and this album 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I'll say I love it as well. And it's interesting because I was, you know, I, I, I won't say that I'm a aficionado on the Kinks. I kind of know the the top songs, and and as we know, this is the second Kinks cover that they would have put. Um, you know, after you really got me, and I looked on Spotify, and this isn't one of the top Kinks songs by any means. Um, I mean, maybe for a for a Kink kinks purist it would be but like for the general i feel like mainstream population it's not so you know this is one that i i didn't know was a cover for a long time and i really like how it opens the record so this is a love for me so mark kevin break out the flush Ooh, Ooh, right away hang on there we go i'm not even ready (laughs) i wasn't (laughs) keeps him on his toes yeah i (laughs) I think that's our first opening flush. And, 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 um, and why so? It might be. I, I, Alex, because you mentioned that this too accurately reflects the times that we're in today, um, uh, that right. kind of tainted it a bit for me. You know, And I know I was kind of pumping the song's tires uh, as a bridge between Fair Warning and the rest of this album. Um, I don't know, that, that riff kind of plods a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just kind of has a... It's not their best offering, and um, like I just want to—I want to be fair to the rest of the songs that I do love on this album. So I do have to flush this one. Okay, fair enough. That's All right. fine. All right. Well, let's move on to "Hang 'Em High," and we'll start again with Chris. Um, I love this one. Yeah, this was one that I came very close to uh, to buying, but uh, uh, but it fell a little short. Um, I just love it again. It's just a great kind of raging. Uh, Kind of balls to the wall, kind of yeah, middle finger up in the air. Yeah, again, yeah, it's just a great. Uh, yeah, I don't know what what else there is to say. I just yeah, I love it for its kind of uh, punch to the gut feel. So yeah, uh, awesome. yeah, there's my giving the, giving it the love. Okay, all right, how about Kev? Oh, this is a tough one for me because I'm very strongly tempted to buy it, especially as I have an extra buy in my pocket here. Oh wow, okay, yeah. Mm. Uh, you know Let's what? See. I yeah, I'm gonna give it the buy. I, I, right. I, wow. I think that's fair. I, I think I would have yeah. done the same, but it it, it uh it, it's got tons of energy. The riff is incredible. It is, you yeah. Know, it's <laughs> yeah. So and I, I like the verses too. They're nothing like I've heard on another Van Halen song. So yeah, gonna give this one a buy. Re- real quick, would we think that this is maybe the darkest song on the record? I mean. In, in comparison to a rather light summary record, I mean this riff. It's, yeah. It's oh almost, yeah, like the yeah, like the verse riff is definitely very guttural and very deep sounding. So yeah, I could it, I could it's almost uh, like jump on board. The light up the light up the sky of the record, or maybe like the uh, the atomic punk of yeah, Diver little, Down or something right. like that. It's like a little bit more visceral and fast right. and. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's as dense as a light up the sky, but uh, right, but it's yeah, right. it, def- it definitely has that energy though. Okay, Alex, I For think sure. you were closer with Romeo's delight. I uh, think that's, yeah. that's spot on. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm gonna have to maybe go with Pretty Woman as the darker song on this album. I don't know. That's always the impression I got with it. I see people rolling their eyes on. Yeah, the- a little bit. What you mean? <laughs> what like melod- melodically or no, to like, Alex's yeah, question as to what's oh. the darkest song on oh, this album? Okay. I mean, that almost has kind of like a Jamie's crying sound to me. Maybe I'm just like too caught up in the um, the oral sound of it. And it kind mm-hmm. of always has that, uh, um, you know, kind of darker, um, 
topic. You know, I know the lyrics are what they are and, and that's a cover song, but uh, like I, I have to go with Pretty Woman as the darkest song on this album. I don't know. Just I could be off the wall with it, but that's just my feeling I get from that song. Okay, fair. Yeah. So Kevin, what's your darkest song? Okay. Kev, 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 Kev do you have a what what your vote oh, would be oh, for I'm the sorry. No, it, all good. It, for the darkest up. song on the record. <laughs> yeah, you, no, you it, guys it, cut, it, you guys cut out for a minute. Yeah, I, I didn't know yeah. what we were here. Yeah. It would it would be this song yeah. of all of them. I think it's between the first two, and I would go with this one. I understand what Mark's saying with Pretty Woman, for sure. You know, especially, you know, it's got that kind of vibe a little bit. But I think this one would take the cake on the album. Yeah. And, and Alex, so it's a love for me? It, it, yeah, it's definitely a love for me. Okay. This is up there. So how about you, Mark? Is this a, where uh, you stand? I am, I am going to uh, put this in my shopping bag and check out. That's a buy. Oh, wow. wow. Nice. Okay. okay. Very nice. Nice. So I like to hear two buys for Hang 'em High. That's fair. I, this was, I think, uh, this, again, Alex, like you convinced me with the I picked up my guitar and play this. I want to, I want to do that later. Like that's, yeah. kinda, it's got that song and like a good Van Halen song makes you want to pick up the axe and, right. and figure it out. The, I yeah, mean, this, this is, this is such, this, this was so close for a buy to me. And honestly, too, I'm, yeah. I'm, I might, I might get farther down in the list and then like yeah. regret not doing it. So I, if I had two buys, this would definitely be one of them. But uh, I might yeah. save it. Yeah, this is the. I mean, that's a Van Halen kind of riff song versus uh, uh, like the Full Bug, which is kind of you can see that's a song kind of based on influences. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, so it's it's great. All right, so let's move right. on. Let's move on to the instrumental track, and that's going to be or one of the many instrumental tracks, Cathedral, Chris. Uh, yeah, this is another one. I just love it for its kind of cool, moody kind of uh, yeah, just moody vibe that it gives off. Um, and also just the way that, like I said earlier, the way that the that it uh, ascends and descends uh, mm-hmm. on the roll-offs. I just, I don't know, again, it's, out of all his short little kind of instrumental pieces, this one kind of uh, just a little bit more interesting. Uh, it's not, again, it's not uh, just him kind of tapping his butt off and kind of... Again, what was that word I used? Uh, like, a, uh, what was the word I used there as far as picking? Yeah, the <laughs> oh, finger picking, uh, yeah. finger finger picking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's uh, again, yeah, taking again using the guitar and kind of making it sound like something else, but but without sure. kind of losing any of its uh, uh, luster. But okay. uh, so yeah, I'll, then... I'll, I'll 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 give it the love. Yeah. How about Kev? Oh, okay. <laughs> Talk about a deadpan kill there. Okay. I am speechless now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I got a reason for this, and I tried not to give it too much away during the track by track. It's just yeah. I never go to this part, and even when I the rare times when I've watched Eddie's full solos during the you know on the course of YouTube, mm-hmm. I always kind of skip this part. Just doesn't. I get it. It just doesn't interest me, and if okay. I never hear it again, you'll be I fine with be it. Sad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't necessarily hate its guts, but if right. we talk about it leaving the earth, okay, whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a terminate case right there. Yeah, I won't. I, yeah, I won't save it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this is tough yeah, because. I, I was going to give it a love, but now, I mean, because we have to terminate one and we have to flush. I think I know what my flush is going to be, but terminate's going to be really tough. But I, I feel like you kind of made me think about something that I was maybe denying in my mind for a while. But I think you're right. It's like when it comes up to that, it's 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 influential. I'd never seen anything like it before. But I guess you're right. Like when it gets to 
his like live solo that's like the one part that it's like all right it's almost like the weakest part of everything else he's doing so I, you know, maybe I'll terminate this one as well. I, I think I'm going to do it. I hate, yes. I, I hate, I hate to do it, but let's just get it out of there. But, th- but then it's going to be rough because, like, man, I'm going to terminate this over like happy trails or something. Ah, oh, this might be Ooh. sacrilegious. Uh, I, I have to say that I really love this cerebral Van Halen yeah. talk. I love it. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I don't want to have to terminate any. All right, you know, can, can I can I resurrect that one from the dead? Because I'm sorry, this is this is <laughs> unreal. This is unreal that I'm term like I'm basically saying I wish he never did this. Because I, I can't I can't go that far. So you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back. I know what might terminate. Yeah, give, give give me a pass here. Give me a mulligan. This is gonna be a love for me. So let's move on. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm gonna give it a love. I'm rambling. Wow. Let's move on. Mark, I thought I had him convinced. I thought I had. I thought my argument had him convinced. I, I'm like, I, I can't believe it. it. Yeah, talk, I, talk, I, talk. Here's my argument. Here's my argument. Um, Hang 'em High is such a killer track. You know, I think it was yes. Chris or Alex mentioned up front that this is such a you know put the top down and just rock out to um, you know some tunes album. And, you know, to follow up Hang 'em High with this, right. it's almost like if I were listening to this with the top down and I'm just like raging along to Hang 'em High and then Cathedral <laughs> comes up, it's like, we're like, like, where'd the sound go? Like, skip, what's next? You I, know? Was think, I was thinking the same <laughs> thing. So, yeah. so if anything, it, it's, it's not so much that it's a bad song. It just maybe it could have been placed on the record in a different spot and it would have saved I agree. It, you know, okay, here's another image I have of this song. Like, you know, I, I went to music school and, you know, like I, I spent a lot of time in the practice rooms and. And you just heard guys and girls just practicing crap like this over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just kind of like, like, you know, Kevin, you know what I'm talking about. You just like oh, hear that, like, I know that, what you're that, like that, that really low, <laughs> just like that recital stuff. It sounds like somebody's recital music. Right. Just get it off the album, but right. just flush it. I got to see my terminate. Oh, wait. Oh, I hit the terminate button. I'm sorry. Oh, no, too late. It's Please, dead. Flush it. Thank you. You were hating it so much, I thought for sure it was a Terminator. I don't know. I was getting there. I was trying to talk myself into it. It it came back. You couldn't kill it. It's tough. It's like you're asking me to Terminate stuff, and and I'm playing by the rules here, so I got to disappoint some people somehow as part of the rules, but that's where this game goes. The bands we love, and we got to point out, it's it's, it's more... Going to make it interesting. um, yeah, and it, yeah. It, I think it gives more credit to what we love and what we buy. True. When we don't just love it all, so. True. No, it's yeah. funny. I, it's on a side note. I, I hated to point it out, but I loved your. Uh, uh, I went to music school. Comment was very Mab ish. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I knew that as soon as that like, exited my mouth, I was like, "That's gonna come off so." No, I know. I was thinking. I, 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 I was like squirming <laughs> yeah. in my seat. Like I got to Oh say. come on. <laughs> I was, just, I was just painting a picture. I wasn't like trying to one up my cred over anyone else. I would just <laughs> use it as a point of reference to tell a story. That's so right. give me a pass there, please. You know, I have a hundred thousand miles on my airline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. You know, we no, love no, 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 We no. love you, Mab. We know you're listening. <laughs> Not, uh, <laughs> we'll get right. to the Mab discography at some point. Jeez. <laughs> all right. Let's, all uh, right. Let's so are we along. moving? Are we moving on to secrets here, Chris? What are your let's thoughts? Move on. Move on. Um. Yeah, I yeah. This was again uh, when I kind of dug back into it. I, I wasn't initially maybe I don't know. Maybe it just came off a little generic to me the first time I listened to it. But you guys in the discussion kind of brought it back for me a little bit. It's, it is kind of a fun, very light-hearted kind of twelve-string kind of 
again, it makes you feel that's kind of very summery uh, vibes. I mean, it's got, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a lot going for it. I know it's kind of probably the deepest cut of the album, but, uh, uh, but I'll give it, I'll give it the light. I'll save it. It, it was going to go in the, uh, in the, in the garbage, but I'll, uh, I'll, oh, uh, I'll, I'll hold on to it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely giving this one a love. Uh, I, I like the feel of it and Same. probably said as much during the track by track. So save this one for me. This one is very tough. Again, it's like, man, I wish I had more than one buy on this record. Wish I had more money. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had more money for this one. I guess I, I, I save that for for the last record. But I, as much as I want to buy it, it's close. But I, it's getting the, the love either way. But it, it's a close buy. But yeah, I mean, this was like my favorite song on the record growing up. It, it's, I like that it's how bright and light and summery it is and i feel like it really paints the vibe of the record and i did say like i think the first 30 seconds which might sound kind of weird because it doesn't sound like he's doing anything crazy technical but i just i feel like the first 30 seconds like up and from the intro up into that verse is like my 30 seconds for this record it just like you hear that you're like oh i, I kind of see where this record's going like I, I get it so yeah this is a this is a love for me so mark yeah, I'll make it uh, four for four with a love. It's just, um, you know, and and what I love just in general about the group is, you know, they turn into such a a corporate ballad band, you know, only two albums later. And, you know, I love that too. And, and that's, that's, you know, I love that for what it's worth. But, you know, I really love how this band up to this point never really did a ballad. You know, mm-hmm. there's never really something that you would say is a ballad. And, you know, when Chris says this is ballad you know, it's like that's almost like kind of like this new genre, like the Van Halen ballad, and and yeah. it's it's uh, this is this is a great representation of that kind of the warm blanket or <laughs> yeah. the, the just kind of like this that 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 you know um, you know oven you know or, right. or the like the fire pit or whatever like that's yeah. that's uh, the songs for the fire pit on the or, beach that's right, that's yeah. uh, where but, I put this one but, but bands yeah, yeah that bands that don't want to be pigeonholed for being a full ballad band like a lot of later bands became it's yeah. like you got the, you got the, you put the Y on the end of ballad and it's like okay all right you're still kind of in got one foot out yeah (laughs) i think alex's warm blanket description is going to survive for the duration of this podcast that's fine yeah it's 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 it's, uh yeah with that this would definitely be that song for me it's yeah it's definitely it so all right i guess we're moving on so how how do we want to do this do we do we want to have intruder be its own thing or are we pairing intruder and pretty woman together as a joint effort i vote i vote as their own Thing. Uh, okay fair then Agreed. Uh, what, okay yeah that's fair so uh, uh sorry uh chris what, what are your thoughts on intruder uh, again this is a very kind of uh just over the like line um i just like it yeah just for as far as yeah his kind of trying to make the guitar sound like a uh, kind of like a person kind of moaning or whatever i thought that was kind of a neat little uh, and again, it's one of the darker moments on the record, so you kind of get a little bit of that balance there over like the, some of the lighter stuff. Mm-hmm. Though funny enough, I always felt uh, that it kind of it had more of a, a fair warning vibe versus. Sure. I mean, very compared to just because there's a lot of light moments on it. This is a much a much more fun record, and then you got this weird kind of like stalking kind of song <laughs> right. on here with all yeah, these weird sure. kind of synth and guitar. Uh, so yeah, as far as as far as what uh, for the effort and for kind of trying, because I, I know Mark is, is not big on a lot of the experiments that he was doing, but I like this one compared to some of the other on some of the other previous records. So yeah, I'll give it the like. Okay, and how about Kev? 
Uh, pretty much the only thing I really like about the song is the way it transitions into Pretty Woman. So I mm-hmm. guess I kind of have to flush it. Um, yeah. <laughs> the only thing I like about the song is how it ends. Yeah, it ends. Yeah, I like the that, transition into it, <laughs> and I'm I'm at this point I'm not giving any cred for you know the experiment. He's taken up a little bit too much of my time for experiments already. So yeah. All right, that's fair. I, I, I'm gonna. This is gonna be a little interesting here, but I'm gonna say I like it with the same sort of. Uh, idea that that chris had it's like it's i feel like it's not my favorite instrumental intro track on the record i I think this idea is done better later on in the record but it's a cool vibe it like it it kind of paints like a a scene and i think it, it works really good with the music video so if anything i give it credit there like it it's pretty cool for that bit so i'll i'll give it a i'll give it a like so mark I have the same reason as Kevin for um, putting my finger on that trigger right there to flush it, but I think Chris and Alex, you both convinced me that it's a little bit more than that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think if I would have let off the love it or flush it, I would have flushed it, but you guys saved it for me, and I'm going to like it. Love okay. it. I got to love it. All right. And then we'll move on to final song on side one, and that's going to be Pretty Woman, uh, Chris. Uh... I hate to do this. I gotta. I, I'm gonna flush this one. Uh, mm-hmm. There we go. Let's hear it there. Um, I yeah. <laughs> again. I mean, it's 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 an important kind of radio song, so I'll let it. So at least it's out there somewhere, just not anywhere near me. But um, <laughs> again, I just I I find it compared to all the other songs, kind of uh, that they put out of this era. I thought it just the the production just never really sat well with me. Um, I I thought that. Uh, yeah, funny enough, uh, with the with the next song in here, I kind of have to go with Dave as far as the better cover song. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I just, I didn't, the, the uh, yeah, Pretty Woman didn't, just didn't translate as well as, yeah, I had hoped it would. But, uh, right. so yeah, I gotta, gotta send it on its way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. This is a tough one for me because I agree with a lot of what Chris is saying, the production and things like that. But then I come back to the fact that I can't see this album without this song. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it buys into the vibe of this album so much. And why I won't necessarily listen to this song so much because I've heard it a lot. And because of the production, I can't have this album any other way. So I'm going to give it a love. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you almost convinced me there, but I think I have to agree with Chris. I think I got to flush this one. Uh, yeah. oh. I think I'm going to do it. And I know that's wild. And I it's it's tough. It, and, and, and I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to never com- get so I'm going to comment on the same reason that I did for and the cradle of rock. I get it. It's the it's the main single off the record. It probably popularized this song in my mind. I, I honestly I can't remember. I want to say I probably heard the Roy or- Orbison version first, or maybe I came across the movie before I came across the song. And it's such an iconic like cover, but I just I'm kind of annoyed by it at this point. Or it's one of those ones yes. where it's like I <laughs> not that I'm annoyed, but I just get to it and it's like you know, I prefer the other covers. I, I feel like they're more interesting. Like they did something cooler with it, which is weird to say that I, I saved Intruder for it because like it kind of goes into it. But it's just like I don't know. This song's like it's fine. 
Like you know, so we, we got oh. some we got some cocky producers here who are flushing the lead single. <laughs> like yeah. the, one of the main reasons that this album was popular. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> keep Intruder right in the dancing in the street. <laughs> I guess if you put it that way, it makes absolutely hey, no sense. Yeah, let, let, can you imagine Intruder just like cutting abruptly right that right into silence? <laughs> the next thing you hear is the needle lifting off the table. Yeah, actually, hey guys, what happened? Actually, Ted Templeman, that's the way that should have went. Okay, so yeah. it reminds me of a uh, there's a composer. I don't I don't remember like Shostakovich or something that, that he died in the middle of writing this this this. Uh, symphony <laughs> like you just like you literally hear it in the music or like this, this, this lead line just stops the composer died so no we, we left it we left it alone no we couldn't we couldn't touch it it is what it is <laughs> that's totally what i would get from intruder like the band just died <laughs> Such, like, just, like yeah they all crashed their you know Incredible. they crashed their helicopter all right i love this song Thank, right, crash, and that's yeah. a perfect way to uh end side one uh, so, Mark, did you did you make a comment on it yet? I don't remember. Uh, a pretty woman. Yeah, I love it. I love okay. it. Okay. It's just, I I don't know why you guys hate it or just struggle with it because I um uh, it, it, it's a, it's the it's a it's it represents Van Halen at their you know their heavy um heavier and darker like Jamie's crying style plus you know still um, you know really bringing a warm feeling to it so I love it. All right. Fair enough. That's fair. Okay. Well, let's move on to side two, and we got dancing in the street. So, Kat, uh, yeah. that's right, Chris. Uh, yeah, I I love this interpretation. Just that uh, it's very bouncy, and again, mm-hmm. it uh, it it does what's yeah, what's in the title. It makes you want to dance. Yeah, just the combination of the synth and guitar. Uh, yeah, it's just a real kind of just a real kind of muscular, uplifting song, and I've I've always loved it. Um, as far as covers go, um, I just I thought it was one of the better covers that they did. Okay. Um, yeah. So awesome. yeah, giving it the love. Awesome, Kev. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give this one the love too. I I, I like the overall feel of it. Um, kind of my comments during the track by track, not quite enough for me to flush this song. Even though I was almost tempted to take a mulligan and flush Pretty Woman after Chris's and Alex's arguments, but I'm going to keep it the way it is. I'm going to love both songs. Okay. Move on. And, and I agree. I, I just, I don't know. I think <clears throat> this one, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's just kind of bouncy and dancing. I, I just love the, I don't know if that is synth going on during the verses or if that's him like in, interpreting that line on guitar, but yeah, I always, uh, yeah, I feel it's, like, it's a, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, yeah. no, I just, I, I just to say, like, I think like Dave really shines on this when he takes like that old kind of soulful yeah. Motown vibe, which I don't know if they really ever did up into this point, like that what they were covering the Kinks and then what like Linda Ronstadt or something like that, right? Uh, on you're no good, uh, is that right? Is that who that was on that record? I think it was the Carpenters, I believe. Oh no, uh, you're, I'm sorry. No, you're no yeah. good was. Uh, yeah, that, that, you know, that, that, I guess she that was, did do it. She, Linda Ron's had to do a cover, but it's like not her song. It's somebody else. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So they they take this kind of Marvin Gaye Motowny vibe and like really make it their own and keep like that dancey right. kind of fun vibe. So um, I'll save this one over Pretty Woman. Okay. And then Mark, terminate. Mark, terminate. Terminate. Oh, wow. Terminate. Wish it was never. 
That's fair. Or, I, I, never what, born. What say? <laughs> Let me hear it. Let me hear it. We're going. There we go. I hate this song. This might be my least favorite Van Halen song to date. Strong um, words. <laughs> from, 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 from the uh, from from the original from the debut to this, I think this is the uh, like it, it just it's just a, a collage of things that just don't work together. The Marvin Gaye that awful 90s synth that that video game music that just you know finger on the keyboard and it just kind of blips through the filters um you know the the solo being you know like an uh like one too many 5150 yeah. um that licks and, and like like i think jen um sealed the deal with with that six flags <laughs> comment like, i just think of like like a like like a, like a karen standing in line you know, mm-hmm. just like bopping to this song while she's waiting to talk to the manager. Yeah. Like that's just, just oh, yeah. uh, um, I hate this song. Okay, like, get it out. Like they, okay. it, it does nothing for the band's discography. Yeah. It does okay. nothing. Is like, that our just, is that our statement for the uh, for the for the uh, for the two hours? Yeah, it the could uh, be. six flags. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. It's the if, six flags. If we have the trick. Toy Story, like the toy, like it, it's funny. We'll get to Big Bad Bill, but yeah, moving on. <laughs> God, and I, I just picture. I don't know if you guys remember like the six flag flags mascot like the bald guy in the suit with the huge glasses that guy used to give me like you might have to look him up for those that probably don't know what i'm talking about but that guy used to give me like nightmares because there's like this there's like this one commercial where i think he like pops his head out of like a bus and he's doing like this little jig to the six Flags song and he just freaking looks like a turtle and he just freaks me out so i just now that when i hear the song i'm just gonna picture him doing this little like jazz hand safety dance thing and okay yeah now yeah now it's, you know, I, not, I still no, love this song, but you know, fuck the Six Flags guy. Yeah, we're, okay, yeah, we're no longer, yeah, we're, yeah, we're no longer dancing in the street. We're having nightmares in the street now. Here, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you, that's why you need the Toy Story antidote. You need, right. you need that uh, Big Bad Bill to help right. purge that yeah. Six Flags Mr. Mr. Out of Six. Here. Just look at him, his ears and his little bow tie. I just like, screw this guy. <laughs> anyway, all right, just send, send him to Eddie. <laughs> just be like, dude, your song reminds me of this. Or is this Dave? Yeah. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, by the way, I hate songs that call out cities. I hate that. That's a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I don't know. I just it's, first, it's the punk, first the punctuation. I know. I know it's a cover, but it just, it just grinds my gears. Okay, Spe- right. Speaking about punctuation, a whole lot of parentheses going on in this record. Yeah, there is. But anyway, yeah. quite a lot. Is, is it right, more well. than fair warning? Let me look. There's three of them. There is three. Okay, you're right. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. Well, three, moving yeah. moving on to one of those speaking of uh little guitars intro chris uh unfortunately as much as i'd like the first couple of seconds i'm gonna have to kill this one uh, oh. terminate? i guess that's a terminate yeah um yeah wow. i i think it's just kind of uh yeah it's uh, i don't know i think it's just kind of a throwaway um i think you could have just had just the one main song itself which um yeah, I'm going to give a lot of love to next, but uh, uh, I, I wish he would have just gone on a full kind of traditional kind of flamenco guitar kind of finger picking <laughs> uh, song versus just, OK, we're, we're going to just we're going to kind of we're going to tap. We're going to kind of we're going to speed pick. We're going to do all this stuff. It's like I think he could have I think he could have held off on a lot of that. So, uh, yeah, so just uh, yeah, send it to the great beyond. Okay. Yeah, Fair enough, right? <laughs> yeah. Instru- instrumental heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm gonna keep it's this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep this one around. It's nice. It's short. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, it works with the next song. Okay. It, it doesn't detract from the album for me. You know, it, it's gone in 42 seconds. And I, I realize it's not a whole lot of love there. But if you're talking about the different kind of small songs that are on the album, uh, I'm going to definitely keep this one. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to agree with that, too. Honestly, as maybe as iconic as Cathedral is. Just something about this works more for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm less tired of it or something, but I think that's a good way to put it. It, it really <clears throat> it sort of fits the vibe for the next song, and it's a cool introduction. And it's it's light, but then there's like a dark, moody part where he kind of, towards the end of the song, moves down. Like I don't know if it's like an F chord or what he's playing, but it sort of like moves down and gets a little dark with the arpeggios and stuff. So I, I always thought this was a cool song, so I'll give it a love. So, Mark? Flush it. Flush. Gone. Alrighty. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right, well, that's fair. That's it. It's a short song. Just get that flush. <laughs> get your experiments off my record, I believe. Record. Where yeah. I made that sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we got a stinger. From there we go. yeah. All right. Well, okay. Chris, we want to move on to Little Guitars, the actual uh, song. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to buy this one. Uh, Alrighty. Oh. I just, uh, it kind of reminds me of like dirty movies as far as just a very unique and innovative mm. uh, uh, musical uh, uh, piece uh, from the kind of the bouncing guitar parts to the, uh, to the solo, to the, uh, to the, uh, to the chorus. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I just, uh, I, I've always loved it. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I mean, it's not, it doesn't have the strong uh, lyrics like dirty movies does, but I just love, uh, again, just, this is more of a music song for me uh but it's strong enough right. where i just i can't i gotta i gotta keep it on my main playlist sweet all right yeah. and then kev uh i'm gonna use my second buy on this one yeah. as well wow i think this is one of those kind of underrated songs in a way that when i come back to it and listen to it i've forgotten how much i liked it sure yeah man you guys are really like pushing the i mean i've always loved this song don't get me wrong but you're almost pushing it up to buy territory with me i never put the dirty movies uh correlation together but when you said that it's like oh yeah that kind of makes sense like yeah. i could see that and you're right kev it's like one of those songs like you almost forget it's like there but then you come back to yeah. it and you're like man i yeah. forgot how good this song is so it is I, yeah yeah, I'm, yeah i'm gonna keep it at a love for me okay. but i i totally respect the buy but i think i'm gonna save my buy still Okay. I hope you're saving it for Big Bad Day. <laughs> uh, you know, it was more for Happy Trails, but, you know, I'm not going to ruin it. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mark? Yeah, I, I almost wish I wasn't such a dunce with uh, trivia because I would might have by myself into a second buy here. Uh, you guys are almost making me regret my hang em high uh, buy because this is like the deep cut of deep cuts. This is the fan mm-hmm. appreciation moment. This is the, uh, the you know, give them a little meat on the bone song for sure. Um, but I don't have a buy, so I can only love this song. Okay, awesome. Well, let's go with that. And then where are we at? Big Bad Bill, Chris. Um, Funny enough, yeah, this was another one. When we first started digging into this record where I'm like, this is just too goofy. But then after kind of kind of appreciating it for what it is and kind of reading up a little bit on it, uh, there's a lot there again with some of the musical vibes kind of remind me of just some of those, just growing up in some of the, those older movies um, like Butch Cassidy and mm-hmm. some of those other kind of quirky song, like of the singer songwriter era of the early seventies. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I, uh, I'd like what he, and again, only Dave could have done something like this. Yeah. Or could have gotten away with, I don't think there's anybody else who had that kind of 
uh, chutzpah to to pull off something like this. And he's done it before. I mean, he did it, yeah, Ice Cream Man and other songs of that ilk. And uh, I think, yeah, he does it uh, again here in uh, in a certain way. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it the love. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm jumping the gun here. It's Kevin's turn. Go ahead. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give this song a love as well. And it's funny because when Alex told me to get back into this album a couple of years ago, this was the song I happened to randomly click on. Yeah. And I liked it. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to okay. keep this one around. <laughs> yeah. That's right. true. No, I, I, I mean, I don't go, I don't, it's not like I go out of my way to listen to it, but I appreciate it for, for what it is. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah. And I was jumping the gun there, but yeah, this is a love yeah. as well. It's, yeah, I I'd never read that barbershop quartet thing, but I right, feel like yeah. I always heard that. And then when I read it, it's like, oh, that's what it is. That's what it reminds me of. I couldn't think of what it was. And the fact that Eddie's dad plays clarinet on it is just like a cool, you know, memento or whatever word you want to use for right. it. So it's something a little different that they haven't done before. They're, yeah, it's that, could this be magic or the ice cream man of the record, I'll say, where it's it takes a little bit of a different turn and almost gets into a different genre. And I think right. they do it. I think they do it really well. So I'll give it the love. So, Mark? This song is an interesting story for me, um, being that the first time I heard it, um, I was uh, working on one of my cars and it was just on in the background and I was just kind of not really paying too much attention to the album. And I was thinking, okay, that's my Terminate. I hate that thing. Like what? uh, And, um, you know, and then I listened to it um, a little bit more and I read that Toy Story comment and I learned that Eddie's dad was playing uh, clarinet on it. And then, you know, I was on, on Thursdays, I usually uh, go for a bike ride and, and throw on whatever album we're listening to. And when this song came across, I was like, I can't terminate this. Like, you know, what a, like what a, what a, um, almost like a beautiful thing for him to like include his dad um, yeah, yeah. on this, uh, on this track, especially as successful as they were to kind of pay homage and respect mm-hmm. to his parents, um, bringing them on that. Like, I can't terminate that. Like I can't flush that. Like I can't buy it, but, um, it's definitely a love for me um and you know it's like a nostalgic kind of love it is yeah like i like i said you appreciate it for what it is not necessarily it's a song that you always go to but when you kind of read up on it and you kind of dig into it it's like okay i can see there there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of love there for that uh, that was put into that so yeah it is yeah all right well let's uh, almost close to wrapping up here so we're gonna go with the last original song on the record and that's full bug chris uh yeah i'm gonna give this uh just a, a straight love um yeah it's just a fun kind of bluesy hard rocking uh kind of bar song i mean you feel you're in there and you feel like it's the song if you're in a bar it, it makes you want to get up on the table and dance yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's got that yeah <laughs> yeah I, just way i did i did that once many years ago yeah yeah but no i don't i can't remember i was i was too fucked up but yeah we can edit that out but yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm too, uh, I was, I was, I was schnookered, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it just has that fun kind of where you're just with your buddies and just kind of having fun at the out at the clubs. Yeah. So All right. awesome. Yeah. All right, well, Kev. Um, again, I love this song as well. I was actually tempted to give it my second buy, but I'm gonna keep it as a love. Uh, just a, it was an earworm for me, and mm. the energy is just full throttle on this song. So yeah. 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 All right. Well, this is going to be my buy for the record. Um, it was, it was tough. It was, it really was going to be between hang them high or secrets. Like those were so close. And I think the way I'm kind of my mentality on the buy here is I feel like 
it encapsulates maybe a little bit more of everything on this song where it's got like that acoustic intro, which I may be wrong, but that might be Dave that's playing it. I think is playing that like acoustic intro and like, you know, there's the harmonic and it's just like a rager party song. I think it like a cap encapsulate encapsulates everything. It could be like on the first or second record of anything. Right. It's just classic Van Halen. It fits. So yeah, this is going to be my buy uh, for this record. So Mark. You guys have um, pulled this out of the toilet for me. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't like the uh, stop time on the chorus. Uh, best part of a man. Like, I, I don't like the uh, ZZ Top sound. I mean, I love ZZ Top, yeah. but just yeah, not yeah. really in Van, my Van Halen. Um, but you guys all made great points. And um, I think I'm going to have to love this song just because it is a... Uh, uh, a rockin' song, and it's an original. So, um, you know, I know some of these loves and hates and buys and flushes and whatever are all contextual. So with that in mind, I think just uh, that it is an original, and on this album, I'm going to give it a love. Awesome. All right, well, let's move it on to the final song, I guess you could say, for this one, and that's going to be Happy Trails. So, Chris, your thoughts? Um, yeah, again, this was, in the beginning, a very, like, oh, this is stupid. Yeah, just get it. Yeah, just yeah, burn it. Yeah, burn it. And, yeah, yeah just send it. Uh, just, yeah, eliminate it. But mm-hmm. after, again, discussing it with you guys and kind of really digging into the, like, what does the song mean? I mean, uh, does it mean, like, the end of an era for the, them running off into the uh, sunset? Does it just mean as far as just the end of the, just kind of like a quirky little, like, oh, the album's over. Okay, see you later. Uh, and yeah, I, I like, yeah, I like that as far as, again, just as far as a, if you want to call it like a historical piece, uh, or, or representing the moment in time of where this album lays and where the band was at at the time, I think it fits very well. Uh, so I'll give it, uh, I'll give it that. Uh, and again, this is for people who really understand the band. I mean, who really understand what they were going through at that time, I think helps put it into, con- uh, uh, puts it into context, uh, of why it was there. So it's just my opinion, but yeah, I, I like it now. Yeah, it's it it it, it, uh, it came it came back in a big way. All right, Kev. I think between our discussion, the whole joking nature of the song, and the fact that I couldn't see this album ending any other way, I have to give this one a love. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, this one just process of elimination. I do have a terminate left, and I couldn't I, it, it's tough uh but you know i i think my mentality on this is you know it's great don't get me wrong it's cool to hear them sing and do like this four-part harmony and nail it that way you know before there was pitch correction and stuff like that like you could really tell like this band can sing and do it well but it's one of those things where i don't know if it needed to take up album space it could have been just like a live thing and you would have still got the same idea that you know these guys can do that that's cool so for the sake of that, and because I didn't want to use my Terminate on really anything else, I'm going to have to erase this one. Still, great, still great, though, but i got to play by the rules. Yeah. So. All right. So, Mark, let's wrap it up. Yeah, uh, I love it. It's another, it's my second nostalgic love for this album. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just kind of like Chris's points <clears throat> to that end of an era. I know there's one more album, but... Uh, you know, sometimes this is like kind of like they knew the writing was on the wall at this point, yeah, and yeah. you you almost feel it in this song. So I love that. You know, whether I like the song or not, whether I'll play it or not, yeah, I can't really say that I will. But uh, like right. judging it on those merits, I love it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right, well, that'll wrap up that section then.
All right, so let's talk what represents this album. Let's narrow it down to 30 seconds. Clip of the album. Alex, you already brought to the table 30 seconds. What was that? Is it Secrets? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say like the first like intro up until maybe the verse. I just, I think it, at least for me anyway, uh, I don't know. I think it really just paints the overall summery, light, fun vibe of the record and Whenever I hear this song, it puts me in the best mood, and it's like, okay, I think of the album cover, I think of the Us Festival, I think of Southern California, I just, I don't know, it's what does it for me, so that's going to be my pick. Let me fire that off, just for reference. All right, Chris, what's your pick? Um, this is a tough one. Um, because yeah, secrets. Uh, I know isn't really. Uh, again, I know it's kind of a fun, kind of like very kind of laid back, um, uh, lighter song. But uh, uh, I don't know. I again, yeah, just going back to the song I blocked. I mean, uh, little guitars. Uh, I mean, you've got kind of that ping ponging guitar sound that you also hear in secrets, like the dink dink. But you also have a little cut, but kind of faster and little guitars where you got that. And again, it's a little, it is a heavier song, but it's still got that kind of, uh, very kind of muscular kind of very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's you know, just a very, it's got that beautiful kind of very sophisticated vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's pretty much all over the album. Um, okay, you know what? You know what? Yeah. I am going to second you on that, and I okay. do have a time index. Um, I love the progressive nature of this right here. Give me thirty seconds here. Right there. Yeah. Just like sitting on that root note too. Right. Yeah. It's almost like Genesis. Yeah, again, it's Doesn't not... it sound like Genesis? Right there. Uh, it's got a Genesis vibe to it. I didn't even think... I was, bit, I was... Yeah, yeah, and it's got that arpeggio kind of... Uh, well, I think I think it's just... It, it's much more muscular here. That's what I was trying to... Uh, as far as comparing it to Secrets, which which is a very much lighter... Again, it was almost... It'd be with, with the... T- <laughs> All right. <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we doing that now? Kevin is paying attention. All right. I, 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 I thought my I thought my mic was uh, was going out again. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny that Mark you second Chris because I am going to second Alex on this one. Um, I think it completely fits the whole vibe of the album. You couldn't see Dave and that whole intro on any other Van Halen album. Mm-hmm. And it just works. I mean, if you were to say something like "Hang and Hang Him High," well, I uh, could maybe see that on a different album, right. you know. I, so I think it's got to be secrets. It's got to be that intro. Okay, I'm gonna make a counter argument to the maturity of the songwriting on Little Guitars. Yeah. Um, sure. Representing the direction the band is heading, um, they're gonna oh, be yeah. more of a songwriting band, less of a virtuoso band. Right. Not that that isn't also there in Secrets, it's just that part there just represents more of the transition, and if we're looking for 30 seconds to represent what this album is, 
it's a transitional album. It's the end of an era, and it um, you know represents almost the you know dichotomy of where the band is headed in two different directions with Davis' solo career and that vaudeville um, you know uh, top hat type music, I guess you want to call it, and uh, yeah. Eddie's songwriting yeah. sound experimentation. So yeah, that's I, that's my argument. Alex, yeah, you got a I, rebuttal? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's tough. I, I guess maybe I wasn't thinking about little guitars when he said that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, they're both so good, and I get it. Like, I love that, not like chicken picking kind of thing that Eddie's doing, but he's he's not picking with, you know, he's picking with his hands versus like doing the pick during that verse part. And it just, it's also bright and kind of colorful and summery, and it's really tough. But I don't know. I think like Secrets is the one for me. I just, I, the, I think it paints the picture of the whole record more. Cause I just think of like a fun summary record. I mean, this is just for me anyway. Um, I think it just does it a little bit more for me. It's just that intro. So, but I, I get, that's yeah, tough. Yeah. I love little guitars so much. No, I mean, I can see Alex's point. I mean, it is a, I mean, as far as the more summary aspects of the album, I mean, which there are quite a bit, I mean, it is a great representation. Um, um but i think i don't know just a little guitars i think is a stronger uh just a stronger song i mean it's got the kind of the more muscular uh, kind of acoustic on there but yeah just that riffing is so so just uh, yeah uh yeah just that yeah you could say yeah that first yeah 30 seconds of the is just a great representation of what made van halen great i mean across all the here and and i'll let kevin go after this but um I'm going to add in that those guitar parts that you hear, uh, Chris, you mentioned those ping pongy guitar parts. Yeah. I mean, that was Van Halen, Van mm-hmm. Halen adding synths before they were really allowed to go full bore with it. I mean, we'll see right. a lot more X record, but I mean, isn't that a synth riff right there? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is, but, but it's still very rocking, but yeah, yeah. That's, Kevin, that's... Make an argument. What do you got for, for secrets? Oh, it's tough. Can, can the three of us agree that Kevin will be the tiebreaker? Uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of at a stalemate here, so Kevin, yeah. it'll be your... Uh, yeah, uh, uh, you've made good arguments me. for Little Guitars, and I obviously bought bought Little Guitars, so I'll switch over to Little Guitars. It is a great part, yeah. and and that is another song that you'd only hear on this album. Right. So yeah, I'll, Little Guitars. Yeah. It and, it, and it is an uplifting kind of yeah. piece, too. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not as dark as like dirty movies or anything like that. So I guess it does fit in with the uh, with the lighter kind of more beachy vibe of uh, it of, does. Uh, of Diver Down. Yeah. So yeah. that's I I, th- I think that's fair. No, I just I, you know, I, honestly, pick I would not be upset with going with Little Guitars at all. I think it's it's yeah. great. If anything, maybe some people could say Secrets is a little too light where little guitars at least brings back a little bit more of the distortion. Right. And maybe that kind of, it, 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 it's not heavy, but it's heavier than secrets right. it's, is, it's, but yeah. it still has a light vibe. So maybe yeah, it's, it's a subtle, good, it's, yeah, a it's good got balance. a subtlety to it. Yeah. So that's fair. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, with an album this good, you know, I think that again, my stock is rising with this album. 
um, just kind of going in depth and kind of some of the songs that I wasn't so happy with on first couple listens, you guys bringing up good points in uh, terms of, you know, what's the saving graces of those songs. And it's, it's, it's hard to pick 30 seconds that really represents an album when it is uh, pretty strong front to front to back, top to bottom. It's a strong album, it's, especially considering that it really didn't seem like it was meant to be, or, you know, it's kind of just like a throwaway or get an album out or let's just, you know, kind of a cash grab in some ways, um, you know, respect to right. them putting the effort into it yeah i am kind of sure yeah I, that was the one thing i was surprised even with reading some of the history yeah it's very uh uh that it came out as well kind of laid out as it did i think maybe it was even a big, a big surprise to the band itself maybe i mean i don't know how much their opinion has changed over the years but uh um but it definitely has become kind of like a fan favorite um mm. yeah i can tell you that i'm gonna be sticking this one on my summer playlist when i bike ride yeah okay nice yeah cool all right all right so that wraps uh diver down five albums down and what six seven more to go hard to believe that this early in the band were um more or less halfway through the discography and mm-hmm. i might be wrong but um you know they they there's rapid fire albums for these bands and that uh were were born in the 70s so yeah moving on um we got 1984 up next we got some heavy hitters so uh stick with us it's gonna get good <laughs> 